I heard the sound. It was Pillar of Garbage. Oh, that's their best song. Best song. <laughs> I got it right here. Would you play it? Yeah. Leading glass and healing needles Amputated hearts are never whole Too bright Dreaming as a screaming Seagulls feed on parts of me I keep below Oh, oh, oh Take off your belt Let me go away Start recording uh, before this hot take. Said it before, and I'll say it again. But yes, the Fast and Furious franchise is truly our analog to Bollywood filmmaking. <laughs> I mean, the only thing we're missing is a musical number in every one, and we already know that Vin Diesel can sing because he released a single last year. <laughs> he released a single last year. Vin Diesel has every room in his home, and I don't want everyone to think I'm being hyperbolic when I say this. I. Every room in his home is wired for karaoke. They wait. Yes. No, no you I heard can't me tell correctly. If you're being serious. No, or not. you heard me correctly. Every room, <laughs> because in in you know in his uh, I am I do not know you know the actual quote, but the paraphrased version is like you never know when the muse is gonna take hold. You know, you never, and so you want to, you want to exist in a creative enough uh, building. And if you have uh, what I will call Vin Diesel money, sure, yeah, you, <laughs> you can. Yeah, set that I guess. Up. I'm just trying to think of the things that I would make possible in every room of my house. Karaoke is not one of them. Karaoke would not be one of them. I don't playing games. Yeah, yeah, I could do that in every room of my house. Yeah, I guess. I guess a, a little screen... pop up screen in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a screen attached to, you know, the variety of streaming services that I am either paying for or borrowing from, that that, that would be nice, actually. That would be the yeah, only, you have to get my like only like six ask. or seven iPads and, like, fix them to the wall, but then, like, you're good to go. <laughs> Honey, I'm nailing iPads. <laughs> it's gonna pay off. You're gonna see when you're watching, you know, the new HBO original White Lotus on, on the toilet. You will know that I that I've made the correct decision. Next time you take a bath, you'll remember who did this for you. I have spent our child's college fund on six iPads, <laughs> but I they will thank me when Disney Plus is wired to every room in the home and they can watch The Simpsons whenever and however they please. <laughs> And then you'd have to, like, increase your plan with each of those services because they only let you do six devices and you have seven rooms. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, who the... <laughs> yeah, the, old, the, the olden days of yore when, like, someone would use the computer and it kicks someone off the telephone, you know? But it's like yeah, sure. <laughs> your, your whole house is fucking wired for sound or whatever and, and you're trying to... <laughs> You know, you're you're trying to watch one of Disney Plus's great originals, and someone and six other people in your home are also attempting to watch one of Disney Plus's great offerings, and and you you get cut off mid Mandalorian. You you just you're you're stuck. <laughs> you know, it's it's a hard knock life, though. You gotta yeah, this sometimes oh, you gotta make sacrifices. Oh, we're all suffering. 
gotta <laughs> oh, I gotta shill out for the Disney Plus Hulu ESPN package. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, you laugh, but I did literally today come across the poem Whitey's on the Moon again and then went, oh shit, it's this this poem's relevant again. Uh, so okay. so you never know when you know you think you've got you've you've got it made and then someone will still make you realize it. Uh, there are in, richer people in, doing crazier things. Absolutely. In um, uh, what I will what I will say is a rare occurrence on this show. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, Whitey's okay. on well, the moon. Yeah, there was a poem that was written in like the '60s during civil rights that was basically calling out like we can't. It was written by uh, a black poet who was basically talking about the fact that, like, we can't not get beaten by police or shot by police or can't get, like, things normal people have. But, like, they're landing on the moon, though. White, Whitey's on the moon? Yeah. But, um, but, but yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The moon landing really was this nexus point that kind of broke everyone's brains for all time, right? Like, that was a... <laughs> <laughs> that was a big turning point for the species where like, you, I mean, you surely have heard your entire life. People being like, they can land a man on the moon, but the ice machine in my fridge doesn't work properly. Like, it's just, <laughs> right. it's just that's, this, the, this... that's the, 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 uh, yeah, that's the point. That's the focal point for the universe's, I guess, a downward spiral. <laughs> Uh, sure, I guess. Until we do would, it again. What, the beginning of the end? Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the moon landing. Uh, you know, let's let's go on the record. Moon landing. Real or fake? Here we go. Let's Ooh, spin that wheel. I think it's real. I think it's real. But I think, but I think we saw shit up there that we haven't told people about. Oh, you think? Oh, I. You one of those. You. Mm, I'm one of those. Secrets. <laughs> You're one of those. Only, okay. Only, only broadly. <laughs> sure, that... sure, 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 sure. I'm not like no. We saw aliens. You could listen to the recording, but you know you're you're not about to link me to like a three hour YouTube video recorded no. into someone's laptop mic. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, not okay. at all. I will I will mention that there is one bit of audio that was broadcasted, and somebody starts one of the people on the moon, Buzz or Neil, starts saying something, and then controls like switch to the medical channel. And then they keep talking, and they go switch to medical, and then it cuts. So like, no one was hurt, but they wanted to talk about something no one else could hear. I don't know what that is, but that's fishy as fuck. <laughs> but aside from that, you know, whatever. I think we landed on the moon. Um, my uncle has done the math before. If <laughs> if wow. the moon landing was faked, it would be like over a hundred and forty-four thousand people directly involved. That would have to lie about it. Yes, and then become... like if you take that, like two thirds of them were probably married. Mm-hmm. That number nearly doubles, and if you take that, like half of the two thirds married had kids. That number gets even like uh-huh. half a million people would have had to f- lie about something, and like, nah, that, <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's where not that's where it gets fucking fishy for me on every conspiracy theory right is that like okay so either there is a country-wide conspiracy that penetrates every level of all forms of government directly related to you know republicans democrats everyone is working in conjunction to to tell this one lie even people directly 
disaffected by the lie. Either that or Donald Trump lost the election. (laughs) And one of those seems incredibly easier (laughs) to be real than the other. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's just my feeling. Every conspiracy to me boils down to the person who believes the conspiracy. I'm like, oh, you've never planned anything before. That's what I'm learning. Yep, basically. You've You've never done something with more than yourself. You've never headed a group project of even eight people is what I'm learning. (laughs) Because because otherwise (laughs) you would know that you cannot get eight people to follow any set of directions. To do shit. To do shit. Yeah, it's the worst. Do I think the government, you know, covers shit up? Absolutely. Of course, I'm not a fucking child. (laughs) But, like... But do I think that there's, like, a cabal of people running the world perfectly? No. 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 Are there rooms of hyper-rich people that regular people, no matter how successful they are, are not allowed access to? Sure. Sure. Do they make decisions that impact thousands of people? Sure. Sure. But is it some, like... (laughs) You know, all-reaching tentacle? No, no. <laughs> Kev, what we, what you really wanted to ask was, is the Illuminati real? And um, I guess uh, we can't answer that on this podcast. No, yes, absolutely, because <laughs> it's we. Oh wow, my like recording is stopping suddenly. Oh my god! Oh uh, no, my lights they, just turned out. That's <laughs> ah, weird. Uh, I'm getting a very old-fashioned uh, virus <laughs> message with like a skull and crossbones. Uh, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like where this is going. Mm. Good knowing you. Yeah. Well, sorry. This is this is it. Um, <laughs> if I disappear, it is because I have been. I've been. I've been disappeared by the Illuminati, yes. and that's canon. Been spirited <laughs> away, as they say. Yes, I've been uh, spirited away, and then oh, oh my god. Okay, oh, do you see? Oh, do you no. See? It's happening to you. No, no, no. Let him go. Well, folks, good night. Hello, I am Kevam. <laughs> eat fresh. Hello. Hello, eat fresh. I am friend Kevam. I host podcast. I talk about communities, abeds, and like. <laughs> oh, shit. Brita, sweetie, it's me. I had a great time <laughs> with you last night, except for the one devious sex act that you engaged in without my consent. Without my consent. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been disappeared by by Big Brother or whatever. But that's the thing about conspiracies is that you're so close, but. You're just you've directed the energy in completely the wrong direction. Sure. So sure. So there's a big there's a big post going around this week that's like you know one of those uh, big Facebook image is is what I refer to as you know top text bottom text and it's it's someone going like if vaccines are so helpful that we give them away for free why isn't insulin given away for free or cancer treatments and it's meant to be like oh, vaccines must, you know, have microchips in them or whatever. Yeah, um, the, it has the inverse effect, which is... But the real answer is, yes, those should also like, be free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone yes. with half a brain's like, exactly. You're so close. <laughs> You're so fucking close. 
But you just... <laughs> it's... Oh. oh, man. Oh, man. Shit. I love... So there's, this is going to sound like a non sequitur, but the, 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 the Wendy's Twitter account is <laughs> hot fire right. all the time. That, that did sound like a non sequitur. <laughs> and there's a, there was a moment where someone was like, I ain't going to Wendy's. I'm going to go to this place. You guys freeze your burgers. And they were like, no, we don't. And then the person was like, this is all a Twitter conversation. The person was like, how do you get your meat from the factory or the processing plant to, to where you are? And then the Wendy's Twitter account was like, yo, there's things called fridges. And then you can put them on trucks. And dude was like, nah, fake, or said something else. And then the Wendy's account was like, don't get mad at us because you forgot fridges existed. Similarly to what we were talking about, now bringing it back, there was a post I saw at some point that was someone like pointing out like it took it only took them like 18 or 12 months to figure out how to make this. I don't trust it. We still haven't figured out a cure for cancer and we've been working on that for years. And the person the first comment was like, "Yo, I you for you forgot how No, those are different. <laughs> those are fucking different, dude. Uh don't get mad at us cuz you forgot that like vaccines have happened before." And cures are different. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone's dumb. That's what I am constant. You know constant. what's interesting, Kev, is the people I know yes. personally that say everyone's dumb that I'm friends with are the the one, the few people I think aren't dumb. Mm. But, like, mm. there's a level of, like, understanding most of the world is dumb that makes you, I think, a little smarter than most of the world. It's interesting. And then, you... and, and then there's a bunch of people that call everyone sheeple. And... Yeah, that's different. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's different. Because, like, oh, the people that call you sheeple are, even by calling you sheeple, literally just following regurgitating, regurgitating <laughs> right wing talking points. You know, they're like, uh, the left has no argument. Uh, and uh, they're, they all just follow the same thing. And then they say like eight phrases that are in the right wing playbook this week. You know? Everyone else uh, says, yeah, 100%. NPCs or what, you know, whatever the hot topic of the, of the day is. Um, I bet they all have internal monologues that sound like running microwaves. I bet they have internal monologues that sounded like I watched Fight Club for the first time in ten years this past weekend, um, sure. and I bet they have internal monologues that sound like Fight Club. Like I and I, <laughs> you know what? I will say Fight Club holds up. I haven't watched it yeah. in ten years, but I've watched I watched it forty thousand times before that. Like to the point where like you know that point where a movie stops being a movie and it starts being a series of sounds and images that are seared onto the back of your skull. You yes, know what I mean? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yes. Um, yeah. so I, I watched Fight Club that many times in, in high school sure. and, um, I will say I haven't revisited that in 10 years. My politics are very different than the last time I watched Fight Club. That motherfucker holds up. That, I think, <laughs> that motherfucker, that's kind of an indisputable piece of work, I think. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> and I also think listening to Edward Norton's, uh, voiceover, you're like, oh, there is a reason this catches on with every 16 year old. There is like, we're all... <laughs> Everyone's a single-serving friend. <laughs> We're all just IKEA catalogs. We used to, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just the emo playbook. It's the fucking out. emo playbook. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Fight Club. Good piece of work. It just it does suck that like this text, uh, written by a gay man about how like 
performative white male rage will always lead to terrorism when they do not get what they are quote unquote owed. It sucks that like this text has been absorbed by the wrong people. It sucks that people with <laughs> with uh, Tyler Durden avatars have called me, you know, the F-slur for gay people. <laughs> that yeah, that sure, sucks. Sure. Well, uh, you know what makes me frustrated is that, like, it's the same exact kind of people that also, like, look at religion, which is, I think, in most cases, can strive to making people, like, good Absolutely. as a as a as a. As a Ten, as with by their tenants at the very least, the same I, people that read Fight Club and took the bad stuff out of it also read the Bible or the Quran or any of that stuff and went, "I'm going to pick the ones that make me feel good," <laughs> and not and nodding with my entire bits. body, you yeah, know, ignoring with me, basically. ignoring <laughs> the section where Jesus says, like. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to attain the kingdom of heaven. Uh, ignoring that part and just like <laughs> worshiping rich people, <laughs> you know, oh, they are job creators. Thank you, rich people. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, they're job creators, but I wonder how it shakes out with how many jobs they destroyed. With, mm, I wonder, mm. I wonder mm. if we add up that math. Mm. Uh, who can say? Uh, but yes, it, it becomes I. I <laughs> I am not a uh, man of any practicing faith, uh, but I find faith interesting. And I was, you know, I was practicing uh, uh, Christian for a number of years. And sure, I, I, faith, like anything else, is a tool. And like any other tool or any other text uh, or, or any other piece of work, I, I, it has been used for so much good <laughs> and so much evil, you know? Uh, yeah. It, it yeah. obviously it's on a different scale, but like you know, the Matrix <laughs> is is both fundamentally a work of like trans expressionism in a system where they weren't allowed to exist, and a gateway to the right wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. some fucking how, some fucking how. I saw a TikTok they... this week because I try to stay hip. Uh -huh. Um. <laughs> I feel like I have to defend myself every time I say I saw TikTok. But I used to say... Listen, you're allowed to be on TikTok. I am not on TikTok because it just makes me feel old. And I'm like, I spend too much time on the sites I already have. I don't need a new site. Sure, <laughs> sure. No new sure. sites for me. I've <laughs> capped out on sites. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, I heard it, uh, it was a TikTok that was one of... It was like a setup. It was like, Naya, describe a book using a real quick summary and then doing a long story short uh go or whatever and a person okay. was like so this old guy kicked his two kicked his two kids out of his garden for eating an apple and long story short he came down and killed himself in front of everybody and the main takeaway from that was you can hate gay people <laughs> <laughs> and that shit just fucking got me that Absolutely. oh man it got me yeah uh no that's i mean it's the... i was like drinking my morning coffee and i spit it onto my bagel it was an incredible experience Absolutely. I mean, there's so much that, like, obviously, in the translation of Bible <laughs> to, to life, uh, there's a lot that gets kind of mixed around or lost in, like, what is pop-culturally biblical versus what is actually biblical, if that distinction yeah. makes sense. Is that, like, no, yeah. you know, what, what do you, if I say angel, like, what do you think of? Gabriel. Sure. Like, what is what is the image? I'm sorry that you that you. Think oh, of? 
Well, uh, the image is like, well, for me, I'm weird, dude. No, <laughs> but it's like, oh, like, uh, uh, is it uh, is it a beautiful pale person with wings and, <laughs> and a flowing uh, dress? Not anymore. You know? but it yeah, not anymore, because you know yeah. that in the Bible, of angel is described as six rings of eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, fuck, the angels come down and they're like, no, 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 don't be scared, don't be scared, don't be scared. Don't be scared, I know I look fucked up, I know I look fucked up. I know I look like this, but chill, it's okay, I'm here to help. Be not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, and if I say cherub, you think of a fat little baby with wings instead of uh, a four-headed monstrosity, or no, I'm sorry, one head, four faces that sort of circumnavigate the head, uh, oh. and it's, uh, yeah, exactly, and that, that's, yeah. that's the and of course, like Satan is the biggest example of this, where like that dude sure. barely comes up in that book. He is not a character. <laughs> no, it's because Satan like translates to the adversary. So yeah. it's, it's just kind of talking about the opposition. <laughs> in Satan many shows places. up, I think, like a maximum of three times in that entire book. And half of the things we think of as Satan scenes are not explicitly tied to yeah, Satan. like the snake in the in the Adam and Eve story never <laughs> explicitly linked to Satan, but no. pop culture has has sort of they were just like you snakes would be looking mean, <laughs> so devil exactly, and yeah. you know goat legs doesn't come up, hell having anything to do with fire doesn't come up, <laughs> not mentioned. <laughs> Also, uh, hell, like, likely could be translated to, like, a reference to a place called Gehenna, which was, like, a town next door that was hella dirty. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, shit sucks. And we also know that homosexuality wasn't added into the Bible until, like, the fucking 50s, 40s or <clears> 50s. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, and again, Jesus doesn't bring it up. You'd think if that were important, if, like, if we were doing a, a second covenant and a guy came down and was like, new rules, you think if that was important, he would have brought up something about it but um yeah he didn't but instead he like washed the feet of prostitutes and was like yeah. you're my people too and they were like and, it was a metaphor <laughs> but and he came from but they can't came, read anything else as a metaphor <laughs> right only that's the metaphor right and like yeah. he came down he came from the bad part of town people are like the, the messiah can't come from fucking galilee are you shit galilee no <laughs> no no. Uh, and and now it's uh, this is what everyone expected from a community podcast, right? <laughs> CL, I mean, CL. at this point, yes, right. It, this particular community podcast. I also, Kev, like are. legit, it's Dan Harmon, and like Rick and Morty recently tried to go kill God, right? So, if there are God, what is sanity? Really in, <laughs> yeah, we're really in well trod territory, right? And I think in an episode that deals with you know the relative nature of truth. Um, as much as this does, perhaps it is, it is, uh, apropos that we discuss, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Judeo-Christian theology at the top of the top of this. Jace Let's leaves us unattended. do it. Yeah. Sorry, Jace. I know they would have had a lot to say during this. Absolutely. So maybe, maybe listeners will hear more of this in the following episode, just so yeah. we can allow them to catch up and have their 10, their 10 cents shared. But, Absolutely. yeah. But, Welcome to the community podcast, which this, is which is really a communion podcast. <laughs> wow! Yeah, your community wafers. Yeah, that's that's very good. 
Um, this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies a Podcast, where we watch and talk about the American television comedy show Community one or two episodes at a time. We are also the premier podcast of the Yahoo Screen Podcasting Network. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and Jeff thinks I sound like Abed. I wonder if Britta thinks I sound like Chang. I assume Chang thinks I sound like distant explosions and crying babies. You know he's unstable, right? <laughs> I am the second host tonight, the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest, ding, kids. And um, my room is covered with a bunch of clocks with different times on them. Uh, and I have a red phone and a big tabletop map with little Nazi tanks and or uh, Godzilla. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> uh, and we are here. And, uh, you know, a proportional amount of us are queer and uh tonight we are discussing um the community's 100th episode this is this is the big 100 <laughs> is this really? moral fable about <laughs> whether or not a dog uh got a degree uh they actually <laughs> they actually moved this one forward to be the 100th episode uh the original 100th episode was supposed to be next week's episode but they're like i guess this one is more of an ensemble, so it makes more sense for the 100th, but they gave no thought to it. They were not... Sure, <laughs> like, sure. They did not uh, uh, plan some big 100th episode extravaganza. Um, <laughs> How many episodes of this show are... I guess there's only... 110. Yeah, okay. Damn, I didn't even think about this being 100. Yeah, this is the big hundo. Now people think it's the 99th because Advanced Dungeons & Dragons isn't on the, isn't on the streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it reminded me of a thing I forgot about. You can still stream it on Amazon Prime, I believe. I believe that episode is still up as part of Community on on Amazon Prime. Uh, but that is, to my knowledge, the only streaming service where you can where you can still watch it. Yeah, well, I think it's because you have to buy it on Amazon. So like they'd be they'd be cheating you out of your money if they left an episode off of what you were paying full price for. Yeah, or Amazon just doesn't. Like, it's in the free, or not the free package. It's in, like, the streaming package, right? Like, you don't even have to specifically buy it. So maybe there's a contract thing there, or maybe Jeff just has even less morals than the other streaming services. (laughs) It's Jeff. Fucking, he's actively trying to keep his rich friends from getting to space before him. I don't think anything is above or beyond his... Yeah, I cannot wait for the sabotage to begin in the billionaire space race. I think. Oh, I dude, cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, I think... In today's news, Elon Musk and Richard Branson went to space and will not be coming back as the reverse thrusters on their ship were actually turned into forward thrusters and they are now on a plot course towards Jupiter. A note was left that said, na, 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 na. Batman. Uh... <laughs> Uh, nana nana boo boo interesting uh, says Jeff Bezos um, and and that's yeah can, <laughs> cannot wait Jeff, Be- Jeff Bezos has put out an application uh, put out a job opening for a six foot plus blonde woman no idea why he's done that no says personal that. bodyguard can I or is that a Zola that's a Lex Luthor Reverend? reference oh okay his okay. Amazonian bodyguard I don't remember that. What Lex Luthor? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's the Paul Dini Batman universe. Luthor. Oh, cartoon, cartoon. Uh, yeah, cartoon. Luther. Oh, okay. The Luthor I'm much uh, more familiar with usually has like one 
dumpy man and one hot lady. And that's sort of his role in crew <laughs> in in most Lex <laughs> Luthor adventures that I am that I am familiar with. Yeah, Mercy Graves, which is an interestingly good name. And yes, created by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. There you go. Okay. So specifically she was a, Batman the animated series. Superman the animated uh and Superman the animated series. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sick dog. Yeah. Uh yeah. there's yeah. cartoons or whatever. Enjoy your cartoons or whatever. Here's some money, go watch a Star War. I was thinking the exact same phrase as I was <laughs> sipping my <laughs> sipping my drink. We that's, are the, we are similar of mine. That's uncanny. We've podcasted too much. We need to <laughs> we're calling it off 10 episodes before the end i can't i can't do this anymore i can't do this with you anymore it's a this is it's too much i don't want to was that netflix original i don't want to live on this i don't feel at Bless home you. on this planet anymore i almost sneezed my body is shutting down <laughs> my body is to a yawn to just deep confusion my body is rejecting uh, Netflix original streaming names. This is like my I I have to force them out of my body. Um, the end of the fucking world. Uh, I didn't watch it. Don't don't take that barf noise to be a sign of quality. I just barfed out the the word. Uh, I don't want anyone to think I have any well, opinion wanted, about that show. I wanted to watch the end of the fucking world. The but first I mean, the the first trailer looked all right. Yeah, that was one of the Netflix originals that people actually seem to watch, whereas most of them sort of come out and Netflix almost intentionally buries them. <laughs> like they, yeah. And Netflix they is just, like, over 300 movies coming out this year. And I'm like, great, you just doomed 90% of them. You just doomed 90% of them. I love the uh, quantity over quality approach. Always my favorite approach. Uh, no other... <laughs> No other big services are going through that right now. No other famous film franchises are going through that right now. Uh, I love that Netflix just every week pulls up a dump truck <laughs> to an open grave and just dumps three movies. There's something in TV here for you, isn't there? Open up, kid. Yeah, just fucking. Uh, I don't know. You figure it out. <laughs> this fucking dump truck yeah. ass, like more. Yeah, like shows Sweet Tooth. I... Sweet Tooth came out like a month and a half ago, and then as soon as it came out. People were like, oh, this is good. Two days later, it was like, let's talk about this new thing, though. <laughs> yeah, I hate it, actually. Ugh. I think it's bad. I think <laughs> I I, uh, I don't think it's good for art or people. I, uh, oh, I, uh, you know what I did instead, Kev? Do you know what I did instead of trying to keep up with Netflix? I gave up, en- but other than that. Enjoyed um, your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave up on that and enjoyed Where Netflix life. is like, hey, our new show was watched by uh, everyone alive or dead. Uh <laughs> this show and uh, you can i can smell the money laundering going on in netflix like those books are cooking i can feel yeah. i can i can yeah. see the pot uh but what did you what did you do instead of watching oh no i I, uh, I restarted um person of interest on hbo Here, because i was like looking for something else on hbo i was typing mm-hmm. in a title for something and like apparently there's an episode of person of interest titled that and i was like you know what? I'll just tap on that. See if I still, if the show still has, if I still have a truck with the show. Like two minutes in, I was like, oh, starting with the pilot again. <laughs> and, then, and then like 20 minutes into the pilot, I was like, yo, this show's world building is fucking excellent. <laughs> like, <laughs> the first two episodes of that show are fucking dynamite. The way they convey world by introducing it to our characters. Oh, fuck. Oh, they make well, it relevant to the people involved. Idea. It's not just an empty. It's not just an empty lore dump. It's not just 
a character coming out at the end of the episode that says, my name is this name. And you're like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, <laughs> who? Who? The fuck? Agath? What? Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's oh, fuck. Organic world building. Shit, I love it. Uh, it's like oh Jonathan Nolan knows what he's doing or something. Mm, sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. I'll, I'll give that a firm sometimes. Yeah. Uh, no offense to Jonathan Nolan personally, I guess. <laughs> I guess some uh, offense to yeah, David Escoy. a frequent listener. But um, for for Dark Knight Nolan script collaborators, uh, it is it is what it is. Um, anyway, <laughs> everyone keep your eye on fucking Netflix's bank accounts. I guess if you see. Uh, a weird influx of money. You know what happened. <laughs> you and you and me, listener. We know. Uh, let's let's talk about this ding dang fucking episode. I guess, huh? Let's do it. Hmm? Uh, let's talk about season six, episode three, basic crisis room decorum. Not only the one hundredth episode of Community, but also one of the few episode titles that can be sung to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. Uh, directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. Written by Monica Patrick. In this episode, an emergency crisis meeting uh, is summoned as Greendale, uh, the Save Greendale Committee, becomes privy to a city college smear campaign that is about to go live, uh, where they dare suggest that Greendale gave a degree to a dog, and it is now up to the Save Greendale Committee to prove that either they didn't or prove that City College can't prove it. Uh, this is an interesting little episode. This feels like another one where season six is doing something a little different than we would get in in seasons past. Um, and some of that has to do with the the editing and the way that like the pace of the editing is different. You know, we kind of have like a much longer preamble to the action than we would on an ordinary episode of Community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this like l- sort of, uh, long, you know, everyone is texting <laughs> sequence. Very good. Very good. I love it, the, the accidental number that the Dean's texting. I don't know why that works for me every time, but it fucking does. This doesn't even look also, like an American number. And he's like, oh, <laughs> Jeff must have given Andy a fake number. Oh, uh, such good dumb guy shit. And uh, <laughs> fucking Britta shitting herself is incredible. <laughs> and like her running around looking for a bathroom is very funny. Yeah, she's in the background of so many shots at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> just like that bow-legged run. She finds her way to, to uh, Elroy's trailer and they listen to garbage 90s music. Natalie is freezing. Uh, and their their hit song "Pillar of Garbage." I don't know. I just I that obviously that sequence is weird and doesn't really add up to anything. But I'm also like, wow! Like, look at this weird production value you put in. And like, the back of the RV lifts up, and there's all these planets, and then we cut to to Britta in this like flowing dress. Uh, it's bizarre, but so it's weird, very. Dude. Charming to me. It's a new yeah. tool in Community's uh, tool chest. They haven't they haven't broken something like this out before. Got a new arrow in their quiver. Mm-hmm. And it's a good. It's like a trick arrow. It's like a. It's like an explodey arrow uh, from from Hawkeye's quiver. So you know it's good. Yeah, it's like the explodey arrows that curve, that then explode after the target catches it. Ah. Beautiful. And then Love and then it. looks at it like, <laughs> and then it pops in their face anyway. 
Or yeah. like, you know, you they he fired Hawkeye. It fires off to the left and the bad guy's like <laughs> you missed me. And then he's like boomerang arrow motherfucker and it like smacks the guy in the back of the head. Always oh, classic. <laughs> classic uh, maneuver. So good. So good. Slick. Fucking sick, dude. Um and uh <laughs> yeah, so it's again, it's a weird <laughs> weird little plot line. Uh and and Elroy just sort of uh sort of uh serves as a joke delivery machine uh here in this episode uh where he has he has so many great runners just sitting at that table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i love that like he's perfectly utilized as maybe what pierce's character should have been all along which was like a person to come in and drop the occasional nugget of good joke and then just kind of go away kind of silly that, like, old man yeah <laughs> not saying i don't want keith david on screen all the time but he's also very good at just coming in and being the old goof for a second and then being like, a joke, walk away. A joke. If you need him to deliver a line with, you know, all the gravitas of, of a, you know, a scene from Gargoyles or whatever, like, he can absolutely do that. And then also, if you need him to, like, deadpan, give a reaction to someone not owning a television as, like, the camera dollies in front of his face... He can do that too. It's fucking, yeah. it's fucking good. Um, I remember when candy bars were fifty cents. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love the the like the fact that Abed gets exactly what he wants, which is a room full of just absolutely ridiculous shit. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a, there's like dinosaurs on the map next to him. So like, yeah, these maybe... maps are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> They're ridiculous, and there's like a big old clear. Whiteboard. I don't even know what you call that. You know, something Love a clear that, board. Always clear boards. Yeah, something that you you would see frequently in in Paget Brewster's uh, previous or current criminal mind, past and future. Uh, she sort of bookends yeah. her community <laughs> tenure with criminal minds. Um, yeah, because the character was gone. I think of... now she's killed off. Spoilers for Criminal Minds. I also oh, no. don't know that for sure. I haven't no watched Criminal Minds in a long time i have no idea i have no idea uh but yeah all that all that's good i love a i love a clear board that people are writing seriously on uh see also social network i guess you know it's just it adds like all this nice utility i think house had a lot of clear boards were you a house viewer for a minute yeah and i think you might be right yeah, I think they had a lot of clear medical boards, so he could be like, "It's uh, not whatever you think it is," and he would write, you know, write like lupus on there or whatever, and then his his little his little team would be yeah. like, "Ah, house, you're a fool," and then he was right. House was right the whole time. Always. Spoilers Always. for all two hundred episodes of House. <laughs> you know what would have been? It was, you know what's funny is they could have made House a superhero. Who can like? Uh-huh. <laughs> sorry, who can like diagnose people based on like touch, like touch them and go, "Oh, this is wrong with you," and they would have had to change nothing else but the first episode where they introduced that. Right. This could have been a Doctor Strange television program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna. Be, okay, honestly, better casting. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Laurie 
as Doctor Strange, with American accent or without. Honestly, either one would have worked for me. Yeah, I wouldn't um, mind it either way. But I will just, you know, hashtag let Benedict use his good voice. <laughs> not none of this. Yeah, it's weird, dude. I it's hate weird. it. I re- it's very bad. Uh, Stark was the only way <laughs> it's like what are you doing no one sounds like that you're a preposterous man um that that terrible thing so many british people do when they're doing an american accent and they just like they just take their voice and they just like put an iron <laughs> down on it and yeah, just, just like, flatten it and all of their just, vowels are like flatten it out hard on I'll, the top of their mouth yeah it's the worst hi it's the worst. i'm uh, Charlie Cox as Daredevil from TV's Daredevil. <laughs> you know, this is how this is how Americans talk, right? This is how Americans like, talk. You know. uh, I think although there Andrew are some... Lincoln in Walking Dead did a very good job, but the Andrew Southern drawl is good. not bad. Uh, not Nicole bad. Kidman has a legendary American accent. I think Nicole a lot Kidman's of... not American. <laughs> she's fucking no way I do that. She's Australian. Real? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Sorry, I was thinking of somebody else. I don't know who, you but think I was thinking of somebody. Else. I was thinking right, of somebody else. Uh, no, Cameron Diaz, very American. American, American, uh, Tom Petty wrote that song about her, American Girl. Um, I think, I think a lot of, uh, Brits and Aussies are smart enough to kind of, when they're not playing their native accent, to request to do a different accent. The, the Margot Robbie, uh, approach where it's like, okay, I'm not going to be Australian, but I'm going to be from Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not going to pick a neutral. It's like going from not having a British accent and then, oh, that doesn't work. Never mind. I was no, trying to think do. of like an American going to a British accent and instead of just choosing received or like general shotgun British, picking a dialect. But like that often doesn't work for American actors. That's true. A lot of Brits do good like Southern. They do a yeah. good. Uh, they do yeah. a good Southern twang. I also think more British actors could just use their British accent. For the character, and I don't think I don't, I don't think it would affect most movies. Have you seen Chernobyl? Doing... Like at, nobody on Chernobyl is Russian, and that movie is yeah. about Russians, and they right. all talk with British accents. And guess how much I cared? None, none, none. It was like the, the first oldest... thirty seconds of the show. I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> just move no past one, it. <laughs> no one in Three Hundred or Gladiator is doing a Greek accent. <laughs> Just, oh my God. Hold on. Can you imagine fucking Gerard Butler and his weird, I only know how to shout out the side of my mouth accent uh-huh. trying to do a Greek accent? Oh, God. I'm it's incredible it just I, thinking about I, it. I love it eternally. Uh, whatever whatever this is that you just brought to me. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, will, I will picture it always. But it's, I don't know. I That doesn't seem to bother me, and it bothers other people, apparently. And also, like, there's a lot of Brits that, you know, come over here to play superheroes or whatever. And some superheroes, you know, hey, that guy's from America. Spider-Man, Daredevil, those guys are from America. Doctor Strange Tom is not... Tom Holland job. Tom Holland right. does a respectable job. As Tom, does a pretty, Tom does a pretty good job. He just does, like, a, a, a gosh, oh, golly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm G-Wiz! You know? Oh, boy. No, oh, boy! (laughs) It's 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 Mickey Mouse. It's just Mickey Mouse. Uh Uh, Ha-ha! That's my my favorite favorite Spider-Man line. Uh, He's zipping around. Um, And he's walking Pluto. Uh, But uh, Doctor Strange is just a doctor. Doctor Strange is just a guy. He's not not a corn-fed American. 
that guy can just have a British accent. In fact, I would yeah. argue it works better <laughs> when he's when he's a, a mysterious British man. Um, yeah, sure. Than than when than whatever Benedict is, is doing. Anyway, count me out of Doctor Strange too. <laughs> oh no, it's a uh, Sam Raimi movie. You have to go see it. It's Sam fucking Raimi, dude. I don't know. I think I think the MCU and I might be taking a break. I think I think I, also uh, get that. I think it's best for our relationship if we see other people for a while. <laughs> I, I think yeah, it's... you know that you know that the MCU is just like sitting there thinking though the other people is like DC. He's got to come back eventually. No, no, no. See that what this is what everyone does when I criticize the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe is they create this just, false dichotomy. <laughs> Where suddenly I become like a Beavis super fan, you know. I'm suddenly just, I'm, I know you're just fucking with me. I know you're just yeah. fucking with me. But I'm just dumping like, a not... box of rocks into your gearbox. That's all. Just fucking my, chew on this. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> my deciding to not go see Black Widow has nothing to do with me sitting at home watching Suicide Squad one. I will not be doing either of those things. Uh, I just think I just think it'd be best if we saw other people. A little while that's all that's all <laughs> i think um it would it would it would work best for everyone uh but that's uh, no one in the uh, community <laughs> oh yeah that remember when we were doing a podcast that was only about community uh <laughs> no <laughs> that i i think <laughs> was that everything i think this opens this this podcast if i recall correctly opens up with me making a soup out of new york sidewalk grit so i don't i don't <laughs> uh this was ever fully about fully about community um but this uh this episode has of course of course one of the all-time uh frankie dart monologues right this this yes. is yes, this is does. our this is our podcast twitter header you know this speech oh i'm not psychic any that's an illusion caused by extreme preparedness i don't hope Hope is pouting in advance. Hope is Faith's richer, bitchier sister. Hope is the inbred, attic-bound, incest monster offspring of entitlement and fear. My life results tripled the year I gave up hope, and every game on my phone that had anything to do is with farming. Um, it's just... <laughs> it's and so the, good! The way that Paget just hits hope. You know, every time the word comes back, she just, like, pounds. is Hope is pouting in advance. Hope is face Richard Bitchy, your sister. Hope is the artist bounded. It's just like, it's a it's like great stand-up comedy. You know, the way they'll, yeah. like, they'll hit that rhythm, and then they'll subvert yeah. it, and then they'll hit the rhythm. It's, it's, it's just a beautiful sort of... Uh, again, she could teach a class on comedic emphasis alone, just the way she hits and slides, hits and slides. It's great. It's also, stuff. it's a precision bombardment on Annie's just mindset. Just, like... And he's like, we, we, this is what I built my life on. <laughs> Frankie's like, uh, no, let's just let's break you of this habit now. We'll save you a lot more uh, time and heartbreak and all the other things in the future. Just forget that you ever. Nope. Let no, no, no. Uh, and is and is that, you know, I appreciate that Frankie doesn't treat Annie with child gloves. Because uh, they, they obviously have a lot in in common, right? And and uh, it, they start out the the episode they're very complimentary to each other. It's like, oh, but this wouldn't have happened without your, you know, blah blah blah. Um, get, get a room, yeah, yeah. I think someone says like get a boardroom or something get like that. Get a boardroom, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's 
starts out very complimentary, and then a few short scenes later, Frankie is like, well, if I have to choose between <laughs> saving the school or you attending the school, well, I hope you're bluffing, but don't let the door hit you on the way out, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, oh, I love the little exchange about evil. Uh, worse than, <clears throat> oh, what does Annie say? It's worse than dishonest, it's evil. And then Frankie's like, well, I'll cop to silly, but not evil. <laughs> then fucking Elroy's like, some things are silly and evil, like candy cigarettes. <laughs> Remember when Flavor Flav had that reality Remember show? Remember when Flavor Flav had that TV show? <laughs> uh, uh, so good. Yeah, that yeah I, I think that, I mean, we've said this every time we've talked about this season, which mm-hmm. is now three episodes, which certainly it's not too many times. Anyway, still. Every time but, we and talk many preambles this. before this. Sure. <laughs> many many up, occasions. Yeah. Uh, almost every time we've mentioned this season, we've talked about how the addition of these two characters who are not the normal additions you'd see to a show when trying to make itself survive are great. But, like, you know what this feels like the most, Kev, is it feels like season one, mm-hmm. when, like, as we were going through each episode, I was like, these are all fucking really good. It yeah. feel, I feel like a broken record saying they're really... It feels the same here in the final season. That, like, Elroy and Frankie are just, they they just fit with the group perfectly. And it's they just, amazing. It's amazing. They just sink in. Like, there's, like there's, no, there's no rigidity there. And, I, you know, there are lots of great uh, allusions to how they don't really know what's going on. Like, when Annie leaves and, and uh, Elroy does his riff about... Uh, when someone said, I, hey, I just joined Mensa, or I consider myself a postmodern this or that, you could say, yeah, that, uh, 50 cents will get you a candy bar, or that and a quarter will get you a phone call. And Jeff is like, <laughs> Annie just left. Can you stop it? And he's like, oh, are you guys are you guys close? <laughs> to this? I don't know. That. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> what is, is that, uh, what happened? Is, is this that important? meaningful? Should I be... <laughs> Should I, should I have known that was the reason to stop? I don't. Is what? this a social cue? Um, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's 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 uh, good, beautiful stuff, and they just sink right in. I was thinking uh, while watching this episode more than once about uh, one of my favorite video games of all time, Saints Row Four, uh, which is uh, much like Community Season Six, a very divisive <laughs> video game. Uh, there are many big opinions about whether or not it's great or bad. Uh, but, uh, it's like my second favorite game of all time. But anyway, it's, um, there's, there's this great thing that happens in that game where they kind of, uh, pull together, like your favorite characters from seasons past, right? It's like, you've got the whole gang here. You've got the boss, you got Shondi, you got Pierce, you got Kinsey, you know, you got all the, all the guys here. And then it's like, oh, and also we're going to bring in, uh, a cool British secret agent lady. And also literally Keith David, <laughs> playing himself as <laughs> as your vice president uh and and it just like the way it like sinks and works beautifully in a way that shouldn't work but it just does it just, it just does i honestly think a lot of it is that the season doesn't stop to question it no the exactly community yeah. the show says they're here now and you can get over it or this can be a whole thing. But, like, we're going to write it. They're here now. They're integrated into the group. Stop <laughs> missing Troy and just, like, get with the program. And, uh, and, and they they don't question it. So we, the audience, are also 
not really here to question it, you know? Right. They don't act like it's a huge deal. They just go, new people. And you go, yeah, all right, sure. <laughs> Frank is here. <laughs> she got an introductory episode. Now, by the second episode, she's just she's integrated into the unit. Uh, Elroy gets an introductory episode. And now here in episode three, he's just hanging out at the table with everybody else. And it's it's just... In his rope. In his robe. It's fucking great. Britta's sleeping in his pants tied with a shoelace. (laughs) It's the fucking best. Like, uh, it's just, it works. It just works. And I don't know if it's because, like, I've seen myself in these situations or if I could see myself in these situations. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. I've been a part of a ragtag, we gotta fix some shit group. And I've also been in my living room and been like, I could totally see myself being in a ragtag. We should fix this shit. <laughs> this show does a good job of walking the beam in between those things and being like, this is relatable and also ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, good job. <laughs> right. Is that like Jeff? This, this is a, a secretly a very good Jeff episode, right? That like he holds this position throughout the episode. I guess if it's anybody's episode, it's Annie's, but it's like Jeff has all these moments where he's like, it's not important whether or not we gave a degree to a dunk. It's important whether or not it can be proven. <laughs> it's, it's what's, uh, <laughs> oh, oh Ruffles is registered it, as a border terrier and the commercial said Scottish terrier. We've both, we've known this dog 30 seconds and she's already unreliable. Who is the real <laughs> Ruffles? Um, <laughs> it's great. It's great. Truth I, uh, is something that uh, debatably stands up in court and has never changed the outcome of a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's season six just feels like a, a return to form which is weird because season five wasn't bad just for some reason this season kind of dunks all the time yeah i think because it i think perhaps it's most reminiscent of season one in yeah. that like we're really just doing a lot of like everyone's kind of doing an adventure this this week, you know. It's not it's not a big genre parody. I mean, like there's some like the Lawnmower Man stuff, but it's still it feels very contained compared to uh, what we're used to with like 1984 intersecting with Pillow Forts and just you know this 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 season feels comparably very toned down, very season one, and and that. That feels good. That feels like the right vibe to go for. And and the second half of season five, you know, after the, the series of bangers at the top, it just spends so much time missing Troy. And yeah. this season doesn't really stop to let you think about that. You know, we're we're moving this time and we have a clear sense of purpose. We have a more clear cast. Uh, I think we have, you know, a better substitute that that meshes better with the whole uh, thing. No offense to Jonathan Banks, who was great, but uh, no, it was super it good. But didn't, I think didn't I think Jonathan Banks served a purpose, which was like the mm-hmm. guy to snap Abed out of like his depression by showing Abed that other people are also depressed, which I just made up as I was saying it, but like feels right. <laughs> You know, no, like, absolutely. He he catches Abed on that, you know, kick puncher premiere night, and they both have this battle of the no, I'm more sad and angry at my life than you. Yeah. Um, and then, kind of after that, he kind of just just kind of fades. He's in a couple more episodes, and then, eh. mm-hmm. yeah, he, and so there's like, a f- yeah. there's a few episodes he's fully not in in that right. season for for various reasons or another, and. 
he's cut big swaths out of some episodes that he is in, which doesn't happen to Frankie and Elroy. And, 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 and Hickey always kind of served this purpose of sort of being the, you know, the normal guy who's not used to all this, uh, uh, you know, whimsy <laughs> and, and shit, uh, which is sort of the role that Frankie has in this episode, but she is not, or in this season, not just this episode, but she is not as fully removed from the emotionality of the situation as Hickey often felt. Right, 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 right. And she enmeshes better with all of that. Uh, and then Elroy is just a good utility player. You just, <laughs> he nails everything <laughs> you need him to do. Yeah, he uh, can do anything. He can do anything, you know? And, and he doesn't get a lot of, like, showcase episodes. He's not the center of a lot of plots. But he's a great he's a great pitch hitter. You just, like, you, you bring him in when you need him, you know? <laughs> 100%, 100%. Oh, uh, this guy's a little tired. Let Elroy sub in Elroy to get some like fresh yeah. energy. You know, he's a, re- he's a reliever. He's a reliever. That's all. He's a reliever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it and it and it works. And there's a lot of funny runners in this in this episode. Uh, the Dean bit with the olives <laughs> is very good. Uh, you've this is the first time you've done this. <laughs> is this code for something? <laughs> what is know. the, the disconnect? Care. Is so great. Uh, so, so good, so funny. If I, I have a few, like, quibbles with this episode, and it's mostly in the edit. There's, like, a few weird cuts that kind of, like, mess with the flow, and there's also, there's this moment where, like, Frankie leaves one scene, and she's like, checkmate, you know, uh, relative to Greendale, and then she enters the next scene saying, like, checkmate by the standards of Greendale, and I'm like, okay, one of... (laughs) one of these bumps needed to go uh because you've just you've repeated the same bit like basically back to back um but those are ultimately quibbles this is a a funny episode that i that i like a whole lot uh so hey what do you know let's do the rankings (laughs) hold on we gotta talk about the we gotta talk about the like strangely extremely deep uh kid Oh, the Yakuza kid? I think about the Zentech. I I know this is like a cliche on Twitter now. I think about the Zentech all the time. (laughs) It's it's fucking... This one lives in my mind (laughs) rent-free. Why is it so... Oh, man. I think about this all the time, and it's funny, and it's also, like, (laughs) legitimately kind of upsetting. Like, these... The the Zentechs have just become these little short films. They're just... Yeah, they're they're mad... They're mad, not MTAGs anymore. They're experimental films. That's it. That's just, what if the, we did the, this? The credits don't even play over them. No, just, not at all. They're just these weird things that happen at the end of every episode of Community now. Uh, which, you know, hey, I'm not mad about it. It's just like, I love the the strange reality and unreality of these things. It's like, you spend an episode of Community and it's like weird and whimsical there's a bunch of throw-off jokes and then the end tag shows up to like yank the one joke into like stark this the the blinding light of day. It's just like, it just yanks it down. Oh, it's so... This one kills me. This is one of my one favorites. One day you will be as small as me. <laughs> it's just so fucking dark. Ugh. I love it. I often think about that day. That <laughs> <laughs> oh. like Dean Pelton birthed like the next the next <laughs> head of the Yakuza. Um, 
I am not Jeffrey. I am not the thing. <laughs> my uh, name, I forget what his name is. He's like, my name is Toshi. I'm a kid. Takahashi. Tokyo, I'm a Takahashi. Kid, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I think we all are sometimes. It's so fucking... Oh, it's so good. And also... Like you said, like it's really funny and also like, oh my god, this is so dark. Oh, yeah, this is fucked up. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Hi, <laughs> highest leader of the Yakuza. Black Street of the Yakuza. <laughs> oh, it's oh, so for an end tag, I mean, oh shit. I mean, oh I think, shit. Mm, this might be better than Hickey hiding. Which would almost put it in, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, we're in, like, Portuguese Gremlins number four territory for me. I just, I think about this end tag. <laughs> I think about it all the time. You know what's all funny is rewatching this episode, I forgot this was an end tag on this show. I thought it was <laughs> something else, because, like, it's too... I forgot the Dean parts, obviously. I just remember the dad, the kid's reaction, and then, like, that's how I became a Yakuza boss. Um, but still, my brain was like, oh, shit, that, that was this show. Oh, but, this one's on, this one's on but community. But community fucking did this. Amazing. Fuck. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Portuguese Grandma's at four. Uh, I mean. We're in the zone. Well, this is not are... done for me. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's weird because, like, I think... We do. We've done this to ourselves, and we've said we may have a, a fucking not complete recount, but like a once over where we all get to move one thing. I think. Like yeah, I think we'll have a ratings special, and we might we might move some stuff around here. Sure. Polish polish some brass on the Titanic, just like right before the sure sure right before the ship goes down. Like Cartoon Tunnel, I think should be above Spanish rap for me because Cartoon Tunnel is fucking amazing. Yeah, if I'm but looking I at think... them in conjunction, I'm like, oh, Cartoon Tunnel should be above both Troy and Abed in the mornings. And like, no, that's what I mean. <laughs> Cartoon exactly. Tunnel should be five, Spanish rap should be eight. And then I would feel better putting this end tag as five because it's just better than Cartoon Tunnel. Mm-hmm. But no, fuck it. Let's put it at five. Put it fuck. at five, dude. Fuck it. Portuguese Yakuza Gremlins just. Colon Port- origins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yakuza's, or or Yakuza's zero. Yakuza's zero. I was about to, <laughs> <laughs> about to do the same thing. Okay, yeah, great. fucking incredible. I need to play those games. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I I should and I do, but I won't. That's what I meant. Like mm, I understand. Everyone's like these games are great, and I'm like, yeah, but there's seven of them, and I can't finish Witcher three. I don't. Oh, damn. Do these well, things, so. Witcher three is a uh, hundred million hours long. Yeah, good game though. Played it twice here in this uh, our fair quarantine. Uh, I regret nothing, but uh, <laughs> I played it once and I fucked everything up so badly. I had to go back. You had to do it again. <laughs> I had to do it again. I'm like, I can't. You're like, I, how can Geralt, I fix this? Geralt can't end up, you know, sad and alone <laughs> because his lovers <laughs> have left him and his daughter is dead. I can't. I can't end the game this way. We're doing it again. Damn. Yeah, that's, that's like ruining the suicide mission in Mass Effect 2 and killing everybody. I've never done that, and I never will. I, I don't can't. know how people did that. I don't know how people fucked up that bad, but some people did, I guess. Some people fucked it up. 
some people, you know, you allocated the wrong guy to the wrong job. You didn't do some loyalty missions. You didn't, um, you know, honestly, if you don't upgrade the ship, that's where that's where things start falling apart because you start not sure. having enough guys to do what you need to do. And uh, even in a game where that gives you like 12 guys, <laughs> it was so many guys. Um, even in the game, it's like there's too many people. I have more loyalty missions to do shit. Shit. Uh, shit. Um, shit. Uh, so this. Hmm. So we're coming in. We gotta actually, you know, give our opinion about this episode. Uh, so mm-hmm. season six is hovering in this one zone. Number thirty-five, lawnmower maintenance. Number thirty-eight, ladders. Uh, this one would be the third of these three for me, but. We're in the red zone. <laughs> They're kind of, yeah. kind of all of like yeah. a steady hand sort of quality here. <laughs> this feels a lot like it could be a 38 for me. Oh, bumping The first ladders. Shang Dynasty kind of has an edge. I think so. But I think I like it a little more than Ladders because all the people introduced in Ladders are Not just here. people in the group now. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it do. It do be like that. And the only reason I don't put it above Chang Dynasty is because this episode, while close to being its own like genre take, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not deep enough in the yeah. let's build a. a you know, yeah. you know what I mean. You it doesn't I mean? go like, it's fully enough into Sorkin. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fully right. embrace being the movie margin call yeah it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't quite um doesn't quite grapple in there because i was thinking maybe the new 41 uh beneath critical film studies the my dinner with andre episode but right above abed as jesus jesus i could see that as well i could see that as well what's asian pop studies that's where they're trying to choose a new group member and Andre <laughs> and Rich and Kendra. There's yeah, so yeah. many funny fucking moments in that episode that like, I, I, I am going to give the Asian population the edge because that's very uh, funny. That's a good episode. point. That's a good point. I'll um, shatter yeah. your world. <laughs> it. No, I heard you. No, I heard Rich. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I'll take forty-one. I'll take forty-one. Forty-one. I could be, I could be pushed to maybe forty. Forty. Yeah, I I like forty. I think forty is a good one. Yeah. S six, E three. Because I like everything in this episode more than I like the like Pulp Fiction, uh, plot of of Critical Film Studies. Yeah. Sure. Basic crisis room decorum. All right, we've done it. Uh, <laughs> I never realized that could be read as. <laughs> the Ninja Turtles theme until you said it earlier, and now it's never gonna leave me. Thanks. Basic crisis room decorum. Basic <laughs> crisis room decorum. Yeah. Uh, did we give a degree to a dog? <laughs> uh, that's stupid. This is fucking stupid. Um. Let's see, uh, the pluggable pluggables this week. Uh, again, most of my stuff is just kind of in the hopper. Uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan uh, on all the sites to get uh, the latest on all that. I will actually recommend 
I will, I will recommend a piece of pop culture, as I like to do. Uh, I'm going to recommend a cinematic universe <laughs> for, for everyone to enjoy. Um, I'm going to recommend, uh, you know, a MCU, past news. DCEU, later, sucker. Dark universe, get out of here. <laughs> Fast movies, fastly leave this room. Uh, oh, wow, already, okay. Because we are going to... No, I uh, love them, and they're very fast cars. Um, and what, once Jace is back on, we need to have like a round table about those movies, because now Jace has seen all of them, and we need to, we need I to talk I think what we do them. after we finish this show is we do an episode about each movie alone. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> it's like, yes. That's like another ten episodes for us. I like it. Um, and uh, But anyway, I'm going to recommend the Cinematic Universe, uh, the uh, What We Do in the Shadows Cinematic Universe. Uh, I haven't seen a, any of those. A universe of movies and shows that never fail to fucking make me laugh my, my shit off, okay? Because it starts with What We Do in the Shadows, the movie. Uh, with uh, Taika Waititi, Jane Clement, or Jermaine Clement, all all the favorite guys, a very funny like vampire comedy. The first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is okay." And then rewatching it every year, I'm like, "No, no, no, this is <laughs> this is top <laughs> shelf. This, this is fucking yeah. incredible." Um, and then the TV show that spun out from it with like Matt Berry and, and a bunch of other people is also just goddamn hysterical. It's so funny. And the second season of that show, it, it's one of those, you feel it, the energy radiating off the screen. I'm like, oh, they're having one of those, <laughs> like, home run <laughs> sure. seasons. They're just fucking, they're knocking this one out. Fucking Mark Hamill shows up. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's just a it's just a good uh, fucking show. And then uh, HBO Max is starting to drop... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Wellington Paranormal, which is like they've spun off two like if you ever wanted to see the the X Files, but with two <laughs> New Zealand cops who were just like, oh, you know, we saw over there there was some kind of like vampire type creature. Uh, there's a there's a housewife she's doing flips <laughs> off the side of the <laughs> off the side of the building. Uh, it's so it's it's a it's a universe I love. It never fails to make me laugh. Uh, so, so would recommend anything <laughs> under yeah, yeah. that, under that umbrella. That's awesome. Yeah. I've always wanted to watch those, but I didn't, I didn't ever like catch them when they were out or when they were on. So I was like, I'll get to them later. Uh, and now I feel bad for doing that. So I will, I will make a concerted Just effort. watch them. You'll have a great time. Yeah. 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 Guaranteed. I had something to bring up at the beginning of what you were saying about this it made me think of something and that shit's done left me <laughs> something about about what we do in the shadows it was something to do with taika that's what i'm guessing that's what i assume Maybe, i don't know man it's i don't gone. know man it's gone. um yeah yeah oh got it the 10 episode thing we do about Fast and Furious, we have to change the name of the podcast to the Podcast and Furious. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I know there's a few uh, Fast and Furious podcasts, so I need to I need to make sure we're not we're not chomping anybody's anybody's bit. Let, maybe maybe because I watched them all for the first time this year, so maybe that's a 2022 <laughs> top of 2022 sure. Uh, sure. project. If nothing else, to give my like letterboxed. <laughs> time to to breathe so that like i haven't watched 
28 20. diesel movies yeah, this year. Sure, you Because know? sure. I'm about yeah. to watch both. I'm doing a little The Suicide Squad prep watch. So I'm going to watch um, uh, Birds of Prey and both Guardians. Exactly. So like sure. between all the fasts and Guardians, I'm like, shit, is Vin Diesel going to be my top watched actor of the year you're gonna accidentally I... watch iron giant because it's on tv and you're gonna be like oh no I did R- another one. saving private ryan <laughs> oh shit yeah uh find okay. me guilty uh it's all the be on and you know yeah, i might as well do off. all the riddicks like fuck it yeah. you know while i'm here <laughs> while i'm shopping yeah um, might as well might as well why am i really you're gonna watch the pacifier several times yes why am I realizing I kind of fuck with all of Vin Diesel's movies a little bit? <laughs> you know, so do I. Apparently, I haven't seen any of the Riddicks, um, or any oh. of the or or any of the Triple X's. <laughs> I've only seen the first one. I didn't see the third one. Mm. He's not in the second one. He's not in the second one. That's the that's an Ice Cube uh, joint. <laughs> Which sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I don't have any shows or anything to plug other than watch Person of Interest because <laughs> that show fucking rips good and show. it's good. Um, I uh, put together um, another podcast episode for Bounty Board comes out tomorrow. It's another one with just me talking about like mental health and games and shit yeah. and what I've been doing for the last like month since the last time I recorded one of these. Uh, spoiler alert. It's not much, but also not really a spoiler <laughs> alert because this is going to come out a week after this. Tomorrow to the recording day of this is the 14th of July. So you've probably listened to it already. That's fine. But uh, yeah, check those out. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Nerdybits.com or just look up Nerdybits on a podcast, on a podcatcher anywhere. And you'll find it. Bounty board. Um, That's kind of it. I've been like painting the house. That's and not also just good. the inside of the house, like the outside of the oh, house. Dip. Like outside, around the it's foundation. Been, it's been a minute since I've painted the outside of a house. Yep. That's going to eat up some first, time. It sucks. It fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's worth it. Put on some podcasts or whatever, you know? You... Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Listen to Painting some... the side of the house while listening to Roman Mars talk to me? Perfect. Yeah, it's exactly. Fine. Listen Perfect. to some unlistened uh, Waypoint radio, you know? Put out two of those yeah. a week, you know? You fucking... Yeah. I, I, can just wait. I can just wait a couple days and have two episodes of that. And if I don't get done in the four hours of podcast they give me in two <laughs> episodes, then I'll just quit. Don't download a new podcast. Give up on painting the house. <laughs> this is it. I'm done. Nah. I'm done. Didn't work out, hon. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't work out. Sorry. I tried my best, and that's it. You tried your best, but you don't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more apps in my podcast feed. <laughs> Claps never read good on audio, but I, I had to, I had to, oh, get, thanks. I had to get that one too. Moonlight, bleeding glass and healing needles, amputated hearts are never whole. Too bright, dreaming as a screaming seagulls feed on parts of me I keep alone. Oh, oh, oh. Take off your boat, let me go away. Bye!
Now, I think some people just like to clap. Would you, Stephen? Would you call yourself a clapper? I definitely am a clapper. I clap at the end of most movie theater movies. Oh, you're one of those. Um, okay. I am. Whether I am they've earned it or not. Absolutely. I think when they haven't earned it, I clap more. <laughs> you want to. You want to make them, them not feel left out. <laughs> yeah. You're like. I'm like. I know this movie got no claps, so let me be the one. Like, you know, after clap. seeing Mamma Mia, here we go again. There was just a need for applause. <laughs> I stood up with tears in my eyes. And I said, you know, let's go again. Changing my emotions. That's for <laughs> you sure. asked for an encore. You went up to the projection booth and you begged, play that same song, play that one more again. Meryl. Yeah, let me see Meryl. Well, Meryl's barely in that one. Meryl. Meryl, they did not get. It's sort of a Godfather Two style story <laughs> where we're following. We're Way following better. Meryl origins, and Meryl is played by Lily James. Well, yeah, it was Lily James, and that was all great, like but there Lily is the James. moment with Meryl at the very she end, does spoiler show alert, and there was no. not a dry eye in the house. Oh, of course not. Yeah, Julie and Julia was great. I really think that uh, <laughs> more Meryl really captured the essence of ABBA in that one. Yeah, Death Becomes Her, I thought, was just a great <laughs> tribute to the music of ABBA. <laughs> well, in Into the Woods, I was kept waiting for Dancing Queen to come on, but I think it was a really artistically bold choice to not include it. <laughs> to not use it, to not give the audience what they're expecting. To not yeah. include Dancing Queen. Yeah, when I saw The Post, Steven Spielberg's The Post, <laughs> I kept waiting for them to break into a rousing number money, of money, gimme, money, gimme, gimme. On. Yeah, uh, and I, was, I was waiting for it, and it never came. I just anticipate all Meryl films being, <laughs> being adaptations be, yeah. of the ABBA catalog. Well, when you when you know what you're good at, you stick to it. You pick a lane yeah. and you stay in it, and you that's her thing. You thing. stick to it, and you you know you some folks you know you're like I'm an action star and I do action. Right. You know right. some folks you're like I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'm a funny guy. I do yeah. I do silly silly voices and silly silly acts. And some people uh, constantly adapt the ABBA discography. <laughs> they make movie versions of ABBA Gold over and over and over again. And, yeah. uh, and that's, that's Meryl, and that's Streep, and that's she's Meryl. the most mm. Oscar-nominated person in history. So yeah. For a reason. For a reason. Right. Maybe not person. I feel like the most Oscar-nominated person is, like, some, uh, like, makeup or, or totally. costume artist or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, hey, I got Google right <laughs> here. Uh, the internet does exist. Most Oscar nominations. <laughs> Thanks, I'm just going to, most Oscar nominations. I'm going to see what that gets me. This internet thing's gone too far. Not movies <laughs> with most Oscar nominations. I don't even want. I don't even want actors. There's got to be some nonsense obsessive site that has. Yeah, I thought that'd be an easy thing to find mm -hmm. the answer to. Apparently not. Because hmm. uh, there's most awards. Catherine Hepburn, a whopping four Oscars. Very, wow. very impressive. That is very impressive. But is that all I like for the most? Sequel a little better. Uh, well, that's most. She's one four, yeah. which admittedly. That's that's a ton. That's a yeah, lot. That's a ton. Uh, directing. Uh, John Ford has four for directing. Okay. okay. Um, well, now I'm on the Wikipedia for uh, Oscar <laughs> records. For the Oscars. <laughs> um, so we have most awards won by a single film, a tie between Titanic and Lord of the Rings wow. three. Uh, <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh, most nominations received by a single film. La La Land got 17 nominations. Jesus they sure Christ. did say La La Land one too many they times that night, didn't they? <laughs> Warren Beatty was like, oh, it's got it. It's got to be La La Land. <laughs> it's got to be La La Land. It's got to be right? La La Land. <laughs> Most awards won by a man. Walt Disney holds 22 Oscars. Um, Whoa. 
He insisted that if anyone in this studio would take home an Oscar, it would be him. I, that's a parenthetical, the Wikipedia. That's some sort of editorializing. I didn't, I didn't necessarily Somebody, they haven't need. caught that one yet. <laughs> uh, most awards won by a woman is Edith Head with eight Oscars, all for costume design. I knew it had okay. to be. So she's most win. Isn't that the one eight who Oscars they like, um, eight Oscars? Edna Mode off of? Oh, is that true? Well, let's look at a picture. I'm fairly certain that's a real that, thing that they base Edna Mode off of her. You know, I am head. looking at a picture... And if this and if Ed, like her, and right? if Edna Mode was not based off of this person, I would be shocked. <laughs> if, it, if Edna Mode had not been based off Edith Head, I would be I would be bowled over. <laughs> um, you really know your Incredibles facts, don't you? Steven? I do. I spent a lot of time uh, reading Mrs. Incredible fan fiction, and every once in a while, I like to slip in some fun facts in between panels. Yeah, so it seems less suspicious. <laughs> yeah, that you're reading that sheer <laughs> sheer wattage of elastic. I read the public fiction. train friendly version where <laughs> it flips between i can just do a you read flip. the safe forward tabs you you mm-hmm. have safe forward <laughs> exactly uh, mm. okay yeah i mean makeup uh extraordinaire rick baker 11 nominations seven wins that's that's mm. a lot that's, that's a ton of oscars that's... but okay walt disney won 22 oscars is that what you said it was? that is what it's saying i think some of them <laughs> were posthumous i i okay. do think some of them did so the did only ugly. him being nominated like stands to this day he's taken in oscars for frozen and shit it wasn't like if he <laughs> worked he, on the film song goes to walt disney that's right uh only only three films have won uh the big five best picture best <laughs> director actor actress and screenplay um, so that's, that's, a, that's tough to do. That's tough. What are they? That's the full run. Uh, what the, are they? Godfather? <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, the Godfather does not have a strong enough female lead to, to that's qualify. Fair. For are best there women in, in the Godfather? It was like a Shakespeare. Uh, movie. there are like two. Ah, uh, <laughs> there, there is Diane Keaton. And one of them's Al Pacino. Kay. Yeah. And Al Pacino in drag. <laughs> He's very good. <laughs> He's, he wanted to, he wanted that sweet Oscar. Uh, no, and of course it is the silence of the lambs. Oh yeah, okay. okay. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Good one. And yeah. it happened one night. Um, so those I haven't are... seen that one. Uh, you know, it has aged poorly. I did actually watch it last year, um, and has sort of effectively been obliterated by the passage of time. <laughs> <It's> uh. <laughs> one of those movies from 1934 where you're like, oof, <laughs> yikes. Uh, that sure was a while. The ago. gender politics of this. <laughs> You know, and again, wow, they really didn't like women back then. Boy, they really (laughs) thought talking down to women was hilarious, huh? They really, they thought that was a laugh fucking riot. I don't know. You You guys ever watched The King of Queens? I think that stuck. Yeah, I mean, it stuck around for a very long time. Um, You think that in like the 30s, audiences were like in the movie theater, like, yeah, hit her! (laughs) (laughs) Teach her how to dunk a donut in coffee! Which is a scene in that movie where he's like, you don't even know how to dunk a donut. Who taught you how to dunk? And he's like dunking the donut in the coffee. Um, I'd give that screenplay an Oscar. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently you would in 1934. Because everybody else did. Um, I, you know, I I watch a lot of old movies. I'm I'm a film buff. And some of them you're like, wow. Okay, that's pretty good job. It's pretty progressive. Yeah. And some you're like, hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Then you watch a Charlie Chan mystery film. Oh. And you're like, wow. <laughs> it's a hurdle that I desperately want to climb over as I get older. But I always just have this like 
it feels like homework wall when it comes to certain films or certain eras of film, but I love film so much and I want to learn more about it. And it's also equally uh, difficult to stay current with as much as coming at mm. us all the time. So it's it's a hard thing to fall into. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, remarkably possible. As someone that attempts the same thing and, you know, is at the movies all the time and I live in, I'm a coastal elite. So like in New York, you know, basically sure. every movie comes to Go see here. whatever you want. Um, exactly. And we have a lot of different theater options. We're not just choosing between AMCs. Get... I have to drive like two towns over to get <laughs> to, to a movie to theater. AMC. That is honestly like, something that will totally keep me. Closed now, right? What did you say? Is the mall like totally closed now? Like everything this, in it? Yeah, there's no movie theater in our town. It's a mall. I wow. have to drive. I have to drive 30 minutes to get to a movie theater. That's gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. That's honestly something that's that will exciting. keep me in New York City much longer than I should. You know, that's it's nice being in Chicago and having like options. That's something I don't remember, except when I was little and there were two theaters, but one of them showed like older movies for most of mm -hmm. the time. That it, was it was like the five dollar poor people movie theater where you mm -hmm. could see the movies from last you year. You want to see Ice Age again? Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, damn. I'll see uh, one of the first three Fast and the Furious movies again. <laughs> Those are the ones oh, they wait, can I afford to, to buy. It doesn't really matter which. Yeah, it doesn't really. I, you know, Tokyo Drift, too fast, can't lose. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I'm from rural Missouri, and uh, mm. so growing up, we had we started with a one you know picture house, like one screen, and mm. and you know mo it was run by very Christian people, so there's a lot of movies that didn't come through at all. And That's still kind of cool. I mean, it was kind of cool, and it was like this old, it was the Bell Star Playhouse, and there was like a stage, and yeah, there was that's all this cool. like old West decorations, and and you just had to wait you know, three or four months for the new release to come through. So I could see sure. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I just had to, I just had to wait. <laughs> I just had Ice to, Age <laughs> stopped playing. Or Ice, yeah, exactly, yeah. I had to wait. Oh, Ice Age ran the fucking gamut for, you know, yeah. 13 straight months. It was unbelievable. I'm surprised that one didn't get the big five. Well, and it's it's tough when they keep intercutting the Harry Potter Ice movie Age? with clips from Kirk Cameron's <laughs> Left Behind. It's really tough to follow at that point. Yeah, it's really tough once you've seen Fireproof. It's like, what's even... That's a fair point. <laughs> what's, Fireproof. What's going to follow Fireproof? Oh, wow. And, uh, but eventually there was an eight screen, a B&B, &B, a Marcus B&B &B theater that came through. And so go. then we started getting the updated movies. And if you wanted to drive a little while, uh, there was a $1 movie theater that wow. they obviously got their movies real fucking late. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> well, shit, I will pay $1 to see Looper. Uh, sure. Of course. Hey, hey, guys, Mr. Deeds is coming. <laughs> it's 2012 and we're finally getting Mr. Deeds. <laughs> this guy, he's poor, but what if? Became rich. We give him money. He, he was rich. <laughs> huh? He has a foot. Throw a Schneider in there somewhere. He has a foot. Stab yeah, throw a, throw some racist Rob Schneider caricature in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. What ethnicity is Rob Schneider not played yet? I think at this point, I don't even know what Rob Schneider actually is. I think he's I think he's just white. Alien. I think he's just regular white. You know, like whatever. <laughs> some easy <laughs> i think if that's not the case it, it, it's close enough to that to make all the yeah. stuff he's done 50 not first dates he plays like uh, a hawaiian I very know. hawaiian i don't like, plays like hawaiian. a native hawaiian rob yeah. schneider what's he made out of um <laughs> what are sugar his... spice and adam sandler have y'all i don't know how is. often y'all look up actor ethnicities it's actually very difficult to find like what what they're uh... imdb sometimes is good about putting it on there but okay. that's the only place i ever his find his father was jewish 
but I don't know if that's mm. culturally or 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 religiously. Or religious. It's tough to tell these days. Um, because oh they God. are different. And um, and he says his grandmother was a Filipina, but it might be one of those like Johnny Depp situations where it's like, yeah, sure, trying to explain a one but you're away. thirty yeah. second. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you mean he's he's half of our hometown having an event called the Anderson Pow Wow where they put on Native yeah. American clothing and play a big That's drum we live. and sell buffalo burgers and pocket knives. That's a real thing that happens every year. I mean, you know, my my hometown team was the Warriors, so you can imagine, you know, had Native American headdress, tomahawk chop, all oh, that, yeah. all that hot nonsense. Yeah, we're, we were the we're Anderson the Indians. Indians. Yeah, so there you go. Real bad, real bad. That's even worse somehow. Yeah, it's super. It's awful. It's <laughs> a good job on that. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> way to go. We worked. We were the two that kept it going. We made sure that it just <laughs> yeah, the town was about to drop it. <laughs> Dude, we were like, not not tradition. Yeah. <laughs> what about all this merch that I, yeah. was, big that I haven't unloaded? Fans at the time. Mm-hmm. You big 51st dates <laughs> fans at the time. You're like, this is wild. She forgets who she is every time she goes to bed. This is crazy. Oh, man. She was in a car crash with a pineapple. It's crazy. <laughs> there was a cow and everything. There's a cow, and she keeps watching The Sixth Sense every day. Oh, man. Uh, I remember a lot about Fifty First Dates, apparently. I've, it's truly one of my favorite romantic comedies. I've watched it several times. Have you watched it have. since you've, like, uh, oh, been an aware I, adult? I watched it, like, a few months ago. Ah, okay. Okay, okay. Really enjoyed it. You're allowed to like whatever movie you want to like, but I feel like it probably wouldn't hold up if I tried to watch it again. It depends on if you like Adam Sandler. I like most Adam Sandler movies, unfortunately. It's... It's weird that the movies of his that have aged the best are, like, the first couple. You know? Yes. It's like, the movies of his that aged the best are, like, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, yes. which are just, like, mm-hmm. weird. It, and then uh, there's a couple here and there that he's been in. Sorry to interrupt you. No, like, every now and then he'll get one really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every so often he'll hit yeah, one. Jack and and not even not even when he's, like, doing his dramatic roles, you know, not, not yeah. like, Punch Drunk Love or, or right. Uncut Right, which is a phenomenal film. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. both both great movies. But, like, every so often one of his comedies is actually good. People say The Wedding Singer is actually good. That's I one love I the actually have I remember it fondly from I childhood. I wanna grow old with you. Yeah. And be worse. But, like, you think about anger management, you and you're like, this is, like, a hate crime. This is... I don't remember rough. that one This is well. offensive to, like, everybody. Oh, really? That one's Is it bad? Rough. Oh, it's... Yeah. Uh, like, uh, hastily remembered things from anger management. Yes. Uh, John C. Riley plays a Buddhist monk whose younger sister is uh, has has uh, is not all the way there mentally, and they used to like expose themselves to her. And there's like a huge runner about like whether or not Adam Sandler slept with the younger sister, and it's like all played for mm-hmm. this. Um, that movie is actively hateful to women. Jesus. Uh, like it's like, there's stuff that happens with like Heather Graham and, and January Jones from Mad Men in that, in that movie that it, it actively unpleasant. Uh, Yikes. uh, we all remember I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which that one did not. I cannot well. imagine that that one aged well. <laughs> As, like, being 10 years old, suppressed queer kid at the time when that movie <laughs> came out, living in Indiana, it felt really progressive to me. Sure, it taught sure me did. a lot. Sure. But it was, like, even 
you know, I was in high school when that movie came out, like early high school, like freshman or sophomore year. And I was a big Adam Sandler fan. You know, I was a small town Republican. And even I was like, this something about this don't smell right. Like this is. I was distracted by my crush on Jessica Biel at the time. Understandable. uh, Understandable. mm -hmm. We all were. I mean, they (laughs) they loaded the trailer with that, right? Because they they did. They were worried that the no homo crowd would be scared off of this one. That like they wouldn't even show. Don't worry, she's in her underwear. Don't worry, dude. You get to see her in a bra. I don't know. I feel like those are exactly the type of people that are both the most suppressed gay and like yeah. most interested in going to see a movie like that. They'd be like, oh, it's about dudes being married. I don't want to see that. Yeah, we're probably going to check that well, out. Well, you know, they're firefighters <laughs> and just Jessica Beale, so I'll go see. So that. I'll go see that. Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. I almost forgot, and then you reminded me. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. I, I have You're to welcome. pay my due diligence. Uh, but this yeah. is, of course, the interview portion of Advanced Community Studies. Uh, <laughs> and I, um, I think we talked about all the stuff we were supposed to talk about, right? I think that's it. Right? Uh, this was great. You <laughs> Thanks know, for having put us. Put your plugs down. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, But I am, I am thrilled uh, to be joined by, by two lovely folks, uh, the hosts of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, a rival community podcast. Uh, we'll take you down one of these days. That's right. Well, we're almost at episodes, so your yeah. time is coming. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we will soon be weak, and the and the king it's really will be our plan. I don't think I don't think we're the king. I think there are a couple others that are above us, but we're in there. Uh, you'll take down the the royal vizier, uh, the prince. The, the, no, we're coming for you, you the Oh, the clown princes of uh, <laughs> of community podcasts. Great, uh, and, but I'm thrilled to be joined by Zach and Stephen Thanks. of You Can't Disappoint a podcast. Welcome to the show. Honored to be had. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy to be here. With at least one of you, and the, you know and who it's, you are. It's not my the coolest co-host. thing about doing this podcast has genuinely been the the little community of friends that we have put together because of it, and I, I love it. Kevin, you're not someone that I know in real life, but it feels like we've been friends for like a year and a half now because we kind of have, and that's really cool. Yes, yeah, you. I. I think the very first time that I remember interacting with you, Kevin, was when we did the Black Lives Matter live stream last year. Yes, that sounds and right. And I think from from that moment on, you know, speaking for for Zach as well, uh, <laughs> we we were we were big fans, and we were excited yeah. to get to work with you more. And we've had the pleasure of of linking up a couple of times on our show. That's so right. it's playing, happy to playing Among to Us step. once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> remember Among Us, <laughs> the Googler. <everybody>? <laughs> Googler? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's my, my nom de plume in, uh, in Among Us. But yes, I, uh, y'all have been so kind to have me on your show once or twice now, and I was, it was about time I returned the favor, and also I'm almost out of episodes, so I kind of needed sure. to, kind of needed to jump on that. Uh, and I I'm asked, to be included. uh, I asked Zach what from season six, uh, jumped out to, to him as an episode he might want to, might want to guest on, and, and this episode came up. Uh, so, and I, and I'm sure, uh, y'all have talked about this on your own show, but tell me a little bit about each of your community journey. How did you come to the show? Uh, and, and, uh, where has it taken you from there? Steven, go ahead. I watched it when it first came on. Cause my mom and I were definitely the, you know, whatever's on the NBC Fox primetime lineup we were watching every week. And I probably watched consistently through until probably around season three or four, but I definitely wasn't aware of all the extra stuff that was going on. I wasn't on social media. I really didn't find out much stuff until talking with Zach in high school, I think, about what was going on. 
Um, and then I watched season four and five, and then I started season six. And I don't really remember why I stopped watching season six, but I did. So I have never seen probably the last three or four episodes, at least, of the show. But, uh, Which but it's I'm also one I liked a lot. I was that. a big um, fan of The Soup. So I was excited that Joel McHale was on there. I thought Chevy Chase was funny at the time because I liked uh, Family Vacation a lot. Um, and Donald Glover, of course, I really was a big Childish Gambino music fan. Um, although I do remember seeing the music video for Heartbeat on like MTV or something. And I was like, that looks like Troy from Community. And then I was like, it is Troy from Community. <sighs> and I got very excited. I watched the first episode when it premiered, but I was a little bit too young to catch most of the Breakfast Club references in it, so I didn't stick with it originally. And then I binged all of the episodes off of DVDs from the public library in my town. I watched all of seasons one through three to catch up for season four. And throughout seasons four, five, and six, I was on the online front lines of people like, let's keep this show on. Everybody who knew me, uh, they didn't watch Community, but they knew that I was like the community guy mm -hmm. and that I was always like, oh, we got a 3.2 million last night. That's looking good. I think we're gonna, <laughs> on the up so and I up. was definitely one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, it was an obsession and getting to, uh, I don't know, engage with it in the way that doing a, a podcast about it is so cool mm -hmm. to feel a little bit closer to, people that love the same thing and also to the thing itself it's nice that's right yeah community is i mean obviously it's not the first internet show because there's a few others that were like you know i think uh, lost was one of the first big like internet sure. shows because it premieres like right in 2004 where i think like chat rooms and things like that are really are really taking off uh but but community is a show so intrinsically linked to internet fan culture in a way that a lot of its contemporaries aren't. Uh, I mean, we're now all, you know, annoyed by people that just talk about The Office all the time. But, like, that that show was never on the bubble in the same way and did not, mm -hmm, did right. not need to spur on legions of online fans, <laughs> fan campaigning, yeah. hashtagging. That felt, yeah. that felt very community. Yeah, and it makes it, like... It's not just a show you really like. It's my show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's more than uh, even like Office super fans. I don't know. You feel like you're you're just part of the show when you get to like fight for it. And when it's the thing that you love that no one else seems to know about it. And you get to see other people fall in love with it. I don't know. It makes it it makes it more special to me. Yeah. No, I think you're I think you're right. There's a certain amount of like protectiveness that comes with being a community mm -hmm. fan or a or a certain amount of ownership over the show. Uh, mm -hmm. for for good or for ill um mm -hmm. i also think a lot of that same stuff tired a lot of people out by the time season six rolled around i've heard that doing these Absolutely. guest interviews quite a bit of like people you know who fought tooth and nail starting with like the first time it was pulled from the air in season three and then just like you know for for two straight years kept the community train rolling and then by the time the show was on yahoo's screen for its final <laughs> season everyone was like I'm too tired to make this bad website work. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I, can't I certainly wasn't. I was right there on Yahoo screen. Often the night when they would air, I would be laying in bed and I would watch it on my phone in mm -hmm. bed. And uh, it was annoying, but it felt even more like my show because how else would they have ended up there if not for all of us that were uh, causing a storm on social medias for all of the platforms and it got someone to say, hey, this show's special. We need to create a platform and buy that shit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
No, it is it is pretty cool. Community sort of snatched <laughs> at the literally the last day. Yes. It could have possibly been snatched. Um, I remember watching it so closely and and finally getting the notification and expecting like Netflix or Hulu or something. Yeah. Being like, oh, community, thank God, it's the last day. Yahoo screen. Yahoo. What the fuck is that? <laughs> ya- Yahoo? The news source? <laughs> the thing? From 10 years ago then? My burner yeah. email account that yeah. <laughs> I use for social media websites? <laughs> for the uh, Mrs. Incredible <laughs> exactly. fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah, it's where you go incognito mode on, on uh, Mozilla mm-hmm. or whatever whatever Yahoo's affiliated browser is. <laughs> and um yeah, it uh it, it was it was just this wild thing is ever you got mm-hmm. the AV club notification or whatever that yes. like this this thing this that you had never heard of was going to yeah. air season 6 of Community. Uh, it's just, it's completely, it's completely buck wild. Bonkers. Uh, to my knowledge, it's just, it's so uniquely community, I feel, yeah. to not be saved by one of the big dogs, mm-hmm. but to yeah. be saved by, by, yeah, by an email. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> by a, I remember I Yahoo was the, now this is, is, you know, I don't know what this says about me. When I was in elementary school, we liked using Yahoo for searching things Mm. because at our school, Yahoo didn't have safe search on. So whenever there was a a celebrity scandal, we would search it on Yahoo, not on Google, because it would pop up on our computer at indoor recess. Ooh, that's pretty (laughs) slick. So you had a Shout out to you, Vanessa Hudgens. (laughs) Whatever you were up to at the time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you you weren't yet going on tiktok and saying like i don't know coronavirus is gonna kill people <laughs> i don't know no we weren't quite there yet no we weren't we, we saved there. that for our podcast that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah the vanessa hudgens update y'all doing the 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 hudge fudge uh, you you can't cast. no it doesn't work like that honey. it's a little it's a little tortured uh but it's uh yeah it's just it it you know <laughs> that community got saved by the promotions tab on on yahoo yeah. mail you know it's just is <laughs> is something that feels so uniquely to the show and it just adds to the grand texture of the thing uh yeah. you know that like it adds to once you know all these new people that are coming to community which is great yes, like mm-hmm. i will not you know I was a day one watcher as well, but like that doesn't make me better than any, anyone who's coming to the show now because they were fucking five when it came out, you know, <laughs> uh, now all these, these teens are getting into community and, and that's crazy seeing them mm-hmm. slowly learn all the shit. That's like old news yeah. to me. Uh, and now they're like, what do you mean a first Dungeons and Dragons episode or, or whatever, yeah. whatever. Now, you know, like it's this weird, I, I, I am going to put a book together at some point uh you know just like documenting things episode guides or something i feel like i feel like this should just be written down in in some yeah. capacity for you might want to erase that because that's a million dollar idea you might want to keep that one to yourself because yeah. man do you have the network to build something like that that'd be i know once yeah. once we're done with this pod then i'll start kind of squirreling that that's away. a cool idea between like film mm-hmm. projects and stuff you know that's sure. easy to just yeah. like because I'm like, man, I am just gonna like start watching the show over again once I'm <laughs> once I'm done talking about it in this context. Uh, so maybe it's time to start. I'm reading uh, the Alan Sepinwall, Matt Zoller cites Sopranos sessions book I alongside. Your, I saw your Sopranos you, thirst. You saw trap. my thirst trap, yeah. Uh, my Sopranos thirst trap, and I'm reading that alongside watching that show for the first time. 
And I'm like, oh, this is the structure I was already thinking about for a community book. Uh, so it makes makes perfect sense to me. Um, anyway. I think that's a great idea. That's future. Aren't they coming out with a Sopranos like spinoff and it's actually James Gandolfini? It's a movie. It's a, yeah, movie. it's a prequel okay. movie about a, gonna be a, show a young version of the characters. Uh, young starring, yeah. young Sheldon. Yeah, they're the young Sheldoning it. And uh, it's it's um, James Gandolfini's kid is is playing yeah, that's cool. uh, Tony has he acted before uh i haven't i haven't actually looked that up uh, that might be that might be worth worth you know i don't think ice cube's son had acted before the uh o'shea jackson Jr. Movie, but he did a fantastic job in that one and he so. a- he's definitely an actor now i think i think yeah. he shows up and stuff all the time oh he's all over i just the place. saw something with him don't know what something yeah he's he's all over the place he was in what was the last thing i saw him in long shots the romantic comedy with uh i wanted to see that didn't get to it it's cute i like Seth it. rogan and, and Charlize. yeah 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 it's yeah. cute Ooh, I love the best Charlize their own the best straight up romantic comedy in a long time you know we don't sure. we don't get a lot okay. of straight ahead romantic comedies mm-hmm. anymore and that was that was a that was a good one michael gandolfini it's tony soprano yeah, he's done other stuff. He was in Cherry, which I didn't see. Uh, he was on that show, The Deuce. He was in Ocean's mm-hmm. Eight. Okay, uh, but his his IMDb is is small. It is surmountable. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but that'll yeah. be interesting to see. Absolutely, I, I'm interested to maybe I'll be done with the show by the time that movie comes out, or maybe maybe I'll have to go see the prequel movie before I'm quite done with with the mm-hmm. Sopranos. But we'll see. More thirst traps to come everyone be on the lookout <laughs> tv's kevin lanigan on all social media for your for your community thirst trap um so so let me ask y'all another question before we dive yes. into this episode proper yes uh what are the characters or episodes or seasons that most leap out to you not even what the best ones are but what are the ones that maybe are closest to your to your heart um, for me, I, I like Troy the best. He's my favorite character. I think that was a big part in me, like, not watching the end of the show. Was, you know, after Troy left, I just wasn't totally as in love with everything. I mean, I still love all the characters. I think it's great. But he was kind of a big reason why I liked the show so much. So I think, especially after we just finished going over season two on our show, uh, Troy really, really stands out to me always and forever in my heart of hearts. <laughs> Uh, season wise, I th- it's it's not my favorite season, but season one just feels like home to me. It's so comforting. It's uh, there are certain seasons of television. The first season of Arrested Development is one for me too that mm-hmm. I could just like put it on, press play, and watch it intently or not, and have like the best day ever, and just feel really really nice. Uh, and character wise, I love the Dean. I think Dean Craig Pelton is one of the best characters in television history. Uh, so I, I have a lot of love for the Dean, Troy, and Abed as well. Uh, but it was the whole cast. Uh, you mm-hmm. can't beat every single character have standout episodes that, that make arguments for them being one of the best members of the group. So it's such a good spread. Yeah. Absolutely. Very a great Dean episode we're going to talk about today, too. Absolutely. Yeah, the Dean, um, they add Jim Rash to the main cast in mm-hmm. season three, uh, mm-hmm. where now he's in the opening credits. Uh, and, and he's around, but I don't feel like his part is really that much bigger in season three than it had been in season past. Like there's still episodes he's not in, um, he's, he's really just kind of utility player, but I don't know, maybe he like, he like won the Oscar and they were like, shit, we need to lock this guy down. Give him some money. Put him in the opening credits. Like, come on. I like to think it was more 
because I just think Jim Rash is such a stellar comedic performer. He's unbelievable. That so. When they give him bits and they're the funniest bits of the episode, often mm-hmm. they were like, we need to get this guy on the on the payroll and so. have him all the time. I think he's in it a little bit more season three onwards, but just mm-hmm. because maybe they're making some more effort to have a scene with him because we've got him on the bench now. So we've got to mm-hmm. use We him have to pay him every episode no matter what. So right. he might as well be in every episode, right? <laughs> right? But it's yeah, season three is the first time we get a Dean centric episode with the the episode where they're filming the commercial, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a great episode. I feel like it's We're maybe just a couple ahead of that one. It's maybe the season two flashback episode, Paradigms of Human Memory, where they're like, oh, we need to maybe lock this guy down like permanently like where he's Dean oh my god he comes in <laughs> just a killer string and they're we are all funny <laughs> tina turner the clock's ahead <laughs> and there it's just jim rash's voice and so the good. way yeah. that he there's a musicality I don't know, you give him a line it. yeah mm-hmm. there is and you give him a line and he just knows which words to emphasize and they might not mm-hmm. always be the ones you would have expected when you first read the line yeah. mm-hmm. that's not always what makes it funny I, he, his delivery is just perfect and this episode uh that you're talking about today is maybe one of my very top favorite dean episodes of all of them uh i could maybe argue that it might be my favorite it's, revisiting it it's a really good <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's really good and this is right like if you just watch jim rash and and paget brewster also like you can just yes you can learn so much about comedic emphasis and how much mm-hmm. like emphasizing and hitting certain words can it can take something to an entire to an entire other level yeah um and the dean is someone who's so easy to impersonate because it's so it's just so iconic and it's so yes. you recognize it instantly because it's unique and there's a there's a tenor and a quality and a delivery to it, mm-hmm. and some of that is Jim Rash's own like natural demeanor. But there is a stark difference between like him and, and the character that he plays. Yeah, and he just he just he just takes it to to heights unheard of. Again, the ultimate lesson to all you actors out there: if you get a bit part, play it for everything that it's worth, because mm-hmm. you never know if two seasons later you know it's really gonna it's really gonna pay off be the funniest part of the show right exactly like suddenly you're the main character and like season six the dean is basically the co-lead i've Mm -hmm. been arguing as we've been watching it that like i feel like it's something they didn't quite do in season five after troy leaves where Mm -hmm. it's like no the dean is the natural fit to become just like your ultimate dumb guy joke machine yeah that, that troy was I think there's a fine line of a, with a character like the Dean that, and kind of like Chang, that if you use him a little bit too much, he he's so removed from reality that if you learn too much about him, it takes away. Uh, what I love about the Dean is how vague all of the stuff about mm-hmm. him is. Mm-hmm. And I think they still did a great job in season six, but they do walk a little bit closer to like, I don't know, I don't know, making him less of a caricature, which I think that character is best suited as being. But this episode, I think, is the perfect example of a lot of Dean in the perfect way. I think uh, something I thought watching it this time, the way that it fills in, uh, if he's been texting this number thinking it's Jeff, <laughs> how long has this been going on? Yeah, right. There's there's the moment where uh, he walks he, he walks in and he's like, hello, everyone, Jeff. Jeffrey. And it made me think <laughs> that that happens every time he walks into a room with Jeff. Has wow. this been going back years? Is this why the Dean like touches Jeff on the chest all the time? Because he thinks they've really got a little thing going on on the side. <laughs> I'm sure. Wow. It That's just re- it's like a great Very twist. Well it recolors the entire yeah. narrative, you know, 
like the sixth sense it just like it ripples back through the entire <laughs> the entire movie. yeah uh yeah you're you're absolutely right it's such a good bit and that that moment so funny where annie's like that's not jeff's number and the dean just says this like moment of realization on his face and then he's like how jeff how so could stupid. you give annie a fake <laughs> it's just so it's just uh beautiful the timing is excellent the it's such a good like character moment it's just really it just it, it hits so so strong um yeah a phenomenal dean episode this whole runner with the olives mm-hmm. and him <laughs> being the catalyst to <laughs> don the new like leader of yeah. the yakuza <laughs> is so i am not the dean (laughs) that quiet mournful moment i think we all are sometimes (laughs) it's just it's so it's so great that it's a it's a perfect perfect runner throughout this episode this isn't the first time you've done this is this code (laughs) for something i don't know and i don't care care. (laughs) oh my goodness but yeah what are you uh uh, zach i assume you pulled this episode out because it it stands out to you amongst amongst this this season yeah maybe it was because it was one of the early ones and uh i i maybe felt a little bit gatekeepy of the show when it first came out that i just <laughs> wanted my show to be my show and i was looking so closely for like anything i didn't like about it that uh this episode felt the most uh, like community it felt mm-hmm. it felt so, it's so fast uh the it really lets the new cast and the old cast like bounce off of each other in yeah. a way that doesn't feel forced at all it just feels like what the show's good at doing um i think this episode showed to me this time that i think in season six the writing is honestly better than a lot of the other seasons just based on joke and dialogue writing Mm -hmm. i think the stories might be a couple steps below from where they used to be but i think as far as the the writing and there's so many speeches in this episode that are delivered perfectly and so funnily that i don't know i think it i just think it's a really solid episode i love this one it's one of my favorites of the season it's a great one the the frankie hope monologue at the when they're when they're rifling through the files uh, and she's like, oh, I never hope. Hope is pouting in advance. Hope is Faith's richer, bitchier sister. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's just the, again, it's just like this this great uh, unfurling speech by Paget. She has so many. This She season. acts it so well, too. I, I yeah. loved watching her face during that moment because you saw her mind go through all, it just didn't feel like a rehearsed speech at all. It felt like she was coming up with this as she was saying it. And, and I thought it was acted tremendously. Paget uh just just fits into community so well in ways that i think they tried to do with other characters before and did a pretty good job with it but paget for some reason just just fits so perfectly yeah i like the pairing of her with annie in this episode because i think that they kind of she and allison brie just bounce off each other so well Mm -hmm. and you know paget's obviously older than annie is in the show and so there's that kind of like dynamic that I think plays really well. Same thing with um, Britta and Elroy. El- yeah, Britta and Elroy together, I think, is a hilarious combination, especially <laughs> drunk Britta and Elroy yeah. <laughs> is just hilarious. I think it's so, so funny. It's really good. Elroy has some really funny moments all throughout it. I love his speech about, well, back when I was younger, uh, I, I remember say, yeah, when that candy, candy bars were 50 cents. Bar. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things like, 
hey, Elroy, uh, our friend just left and we're kind of sad. He's like, oh, you people are close. You just the way that he Yeah, has, that was so close. funny. A, a, a different type of outsider vibe than Frankie does where he's often commenting on, I don't really know these people. I don't have yeah. any emotional attachment to these people. Whatever's going on here is weird. I really like the way that he fits into this one a lot. Absolutely. And I think that especially, you know, comparing it to where we are in the show where especially in season one, Pierce kind of delivers those, okay, I'm old, so I'm out of touch with the thing. I don't know you guys super well. But I think the way that Elroy does it is really funny here because he kind of is filling a couple of different shoes at this point in the show. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's getting like a couple of jokes that maybe would have gone to other people before, but he just delivers them so well. It's great. Yeah, they they do a good job, I think, in this season of bringing in these new characters and integrating them perhaps a little better than we did with, with Hickey. You know, where Hickey mm -hmm. always kind of felt removed, but we still... I love Hickey, personally. He's great, and and having just rewatched it, like, you. Banks kills every season. But there's something about Hickey that never quite blends, and uh, and it, it just never... You know, I, I understand bringing him in as, like, the new Pierce. It just... it, it he's He was a tertiary great. character. He wasn't like a part of he's the not as all. integrated mm -hmm. as Paget and and keith david end up being absolutely and and they have you know so and and it's not a one-to-one -one replacement like it kind of mm -hmm. felt yeah. with with hickey where it's like well Elroy, you know he's kind of like a moral force like shirley but he's he's silly like troy and he has like pierce's out of touchness but he doesn't exactly. have the shame that pierce had about being out of touch Elroy he seems, seems like a decent guy. Yeah, he seems like an okay dude, like overall, which which Pierce often proved not to be. Um, and then you know, Paget, you have like, okay, yeah, she's a little prickly, so she's kind of you know a replacement for X character or Y. But they do a good mm -hmm. job of bringing in new characters without it just feeling like eh, here's yeah. new Shirley. <laughs> here's yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's all sitting. What I just said. Mm. I like that. Let's just let's ask in the afterglow. Let's just ruminate on all my wise, wise. I will say, details. having not seen an, a season six episode in a while, seeing the uh, opening card was a little sad because there was a lot of a lot of space there, a lot of empty spaces, a lot of drawings. Without I respect names. that they keep the length of it though, because that theme song is so essential to yeah. to make it feel like an episode of Community, Completely. and the way the theme song ends and bleeds into the the opening shot of the next part. It's so essential to the show that. It is a little sad to see like the drunk banana or whatever mm -hmm, that they like they've the replaced someone's name mm -hmm. with, but I'm so glad that they kept the length of it. Yeah, I just I almost uh, it's just a money and like contract issue, but we just like I wish we could just get Pageant and Keith names in there. Like why? Absolutely. You just, mm -hmm. you just pay them a little bit more for that contract, but I guess that's I mean that's what keeps. Or them. like it's a show on the internet, you can probably put whatever you want on there. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> SAG after they'll come after you, dog. You don't sure <laughs> you don't mess around with SAG. Uh, sure. They'll 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 make your life a live in hell and all that like the order that you see people's names in is all like negotiated by you know shadowy figures that have nothing to do with the show that's uh, why and I it, it'd be unfair to to keith and Paget if you throw them in there without giving them the full serious regular treatment like everyone else does exactly you gotta we'll right because they're still in the post credits you know like you have to wait mm -hmm. for like the the end credits to roll to see their names on the yeah. on the show well, that's why I respect Murder, She Wrote, starring Angela Lansbury, because their opening credits are in alphabetical order. So it takes all the pageantry and ego out of it. That's how you do it. Something that always... Now we're talking opening credits. Something that always bothered me is when I was watching something like Smallville, and a character okay. would leave the show, Yeah, mm -hmm. but they didn't want to pay 
to design new opening credits so yep. that actor <laughs> that actor we'll stayed in the opening credits for a long time. Like after PD left for for <laughs> seasons, but they're like, no, 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 we can't afford to change the opening credits. <laughs> can't afford to open up Adobe this was Premiere the CW Pro of yore before they in. actually made money on their. Super it was when the shows. WB, you know, and it was like, oh, oh, wow. we're doing a Superman show, but he can't be Superman. Yeah, yeah, his name's Clark. And he has lots of powers. But he can't put on that S until like the last shot. Like it's I mean, isn't it the same way with the superhero shows they do now that they can only be certain things? Hello? Is your house? Do you need to go? No, 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 we're good. Uh, my significant other is cooking dinner. So oh, okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. to be expected. <laughs> Again, I ask, is your, is your house on fire? I did not no, answer uh, the question. Was, uh, if it is, it's someone else's problem. Oh, great. Uh, I'm no, the Yeah, <laughs> bigger things are being done. <laughs> our apartment's really small, and the smoke alarm can't be unplugged, and it is, it's wired into the wall, and it's right next to where we cook. That, so sounds, anytime. that sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. You're all good. Um, I can't, I don't know, we were talking about, like, opening credits or something. I completely lost whatever train of thought. Oh, the CW superhero shows, right? Is that, like, now... They're they're obviously I mean it's what the CW has built its fucking ground on yeah. now now it's like eighty percent of the CW yes. is is DC superhero shows but also despite superheroes being fucking everywhere all the mm-hmm. time I still feel like half of these shows are ashamed to be based on colorful baby books yeah. so like oh, sure. we have to we have to spend a season where the flash is not called the flash because that's stupid he's called the streak which is like yeah it's much better that's so much that's cooler, much better obviously. or they never like they're I'm so they so rarely call hulk hulk he has to be like the green guy the big guy you know they yeah. they never refer to it because they're still ashamed of being based on little baby books and i'm like <laughs> yeah. what is the point of all of this <laughs> If like, you, we all know what this is. You can't use the baby names. Use the baby names. Yeah. They we have to spend a season where he's called like the Devil of Hell's Kitchen before. <laughs> just like how's that? Just call him Daredevil. We we're watching a show called Daredevil. Just call. Yeah. We, we know what we know who this guy is. Don't stop fucking around. <laughs> that damn Christopher Nolan ruined it for everyone. <laughs> That's where it started, I think. Anyway. <laughs> That guy. We've yet to have a Batman movie that's made by someone who doesn't hate Batman comics. But one day, hmm. maybe one day, maybe one day, uh, on the eighty seventh Batman movie, maybe someone will finally, <laughs> finally, actually like that dude. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be a fun, fun, auspicious uh, day. Uh, what do we, what do, what do we make of the Ruffles plotline in this one, folks? Uh, did I we... love oh, Ruffles? We haven't t- Ruffles, excuse I think... me. One of the I said ruffles. I thought one of you said waffles. No, Sorry. I think you're just hungry. Sorry. Ruffles have ridges. I think dinner is being there? prepared. Yeah, I'm more hungry for ruffles than, than waffles. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> I think it's a perfectly serviceable plot. It, it feels very community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, my biggest issues are almost when they try to then make it have some type of emotional pull, or like yeah. uh, Annie's gonna leave the school over yeah. it, or like how's the school? Of course, a dog got a degree at Greendale. That's Greendale. Yeah, the I, stakes I like don't. Feel everyone's high. so 
yeah. shocked. They're like, Annie's like, well, if you're going to say mean things about this dog that went here, I'm going <laughs> to take my talents elsewhere. And Patrick Brewster's like, okay. Okay. See ya. <laughs> Later. I mean, like, I hope and you're getting this eighth form. episode that's been about Annie yeah. maybe transferring. It happens so often, and it's never... Yeah. The one time it was plausible was the end of season one until she yeah. and, she and Jeff do a big smooch because you're like right. okay well, actors leave Vaughn between seasons that happens over. right you know like Vaughn I'd I'd change for Vaughn I'd follow those tiny nipples anywhere you know I'd yeah uh, but over a smear campaign of a dog a you've dog, never met or like it doesn't it's that's an element of the space bus episode that doesn't work for me either and partially mm-hmm. it's because like. No, I know you're. I know Alice and Brie won't leave four episodes into season two. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not and how well, this works. Now, that's kind of more our problem than the creator shows. The creators True. of the show's problem that we look at television that way. Not everyone looks at it that way. Maybe some people are like, "Wow, Marge and Homer are really going to get a divorce this time." Even though there's <laughs> six hundred episodes after this one. Finally, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just it doesn't feel like there's any stake in it at all the way that nobody even really reacts to it when she says she's gonna not leave even jeff and, cared he yeah was like, yeah but outside of that i do really like the ruffles storyline i think it's really funny uh, i think the dean's really great in that storyline too the way that he uh every time he's asked did a dog did a deg- get a degree here and he just kind of mm, or doesn't say anything or gives like a really half-assed thumbs up to everyone uh, i think is also very very funny of course I, they would do something like that I think one of the funniest scenes of the whole episode is when they're doing the commercial and the dog barks and the Dean gets so afraid. Oh, That's hilarious. It's also very Greendale. The only reason the dog does not have a degree is just because it has an unpaid library. <laughs> so many classes. <laughs> yeah. It's... I felt I felt like they were holding Abed back a little bit in this episode. Sure. Yeah. The couple of things that he gets to do are pretty funny, but it seems like this is the type of premise that you know, in the beginning, he's like, okay, we need a red phone, we need a map. If they had mm-hmm. stuck with that energy, I think this could have been a great episode to let Abed loose in. Mm-hmm. But instead, he just kind of sits on the side. He he has the really funny James Spader impersonator <laughs> yeah. bit. I sure wish he'd leave. That was pretty funny. That was funny. But I wanted more Abed. Yeah. A couple of the dialogue-heavy talk scenes, some of the pageant nanny stuff, I, I could have lost some of the time spent on a couple of those scenes and put it into more Abed or maybe even more Chang. I don't know. I have I have a question for you guys, especially yeah. Zach, because I know Zach is really not like really doesn't like this type of thing. This is like full on when Britta's a joke, you know, and she poops her pants like five minutes into the episode. Yeah, she poops her pants I, immediately. Yeah, yeah, almost as soon as she enters the scene, Could she a drunk has person pooped do in her this? pants. <laughs> uh, I have a theory. Britta may be secretly twins. Yeah, that's a funny bit. <laughs> that was a funny line. I don't know. Yeah, it's not my favorite Brita episode. Mm-hmm. Even the the crazy sci-fi music video scene that we get, I it feels funny. a little, to me, it feels a little weird for weird sake. And then as soon as it's done, it's like, okay, we're not touching that that ever happened ever again. Yeah. Then she just falls it, asleep for the rest of, for the, rest yeah. of the episode. It's I very like it. strange. It's visually cool. It's fun to watch Brita act out this music video. But I don't know. It, I, it's a little bit of a weird Brita episode. It doesn't. I love the part where Jeff says, 
or no, she's going to make a Banksy stencil of a dog and put it all over the school. And Jeff says, I have a better idea. How about you go get a bunch of coffee, drink all of it, <laughs> then bring us some coffee. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I like that better. And she goes and does that. <laughs> it's funny. The funny. way if you watch like the background after she poops her pants, she's like running back and forth. She's running back behind. Little, like, <laughs> do this little like full pants dance. That's funny. Uh, it's it's very funny. But you're right. I mean, like it could, it could not even generously be called a plot line. It's just sort of yeah. like Britta, no. Britta shows she up, does Britta a couple shits bits. Her pants. Uh, does like a fun. It hangs out with Elroy. I like the. I think it's very like you know. I like the scene with her and Elroy. I think it's fun that these two characters are bonding. And this is this is not a relationship they go back to a lot in this season, mm-hmm. but it does come up a few more times. Like kind of the dynamic that these two these two characters have. Uh, and you know, I like the the music video sequence. It's kind of a new muscle in communities, sure. You know, repertoire. It's a They're new flexing some- that Yahoo screen money. That's right, where they can just like do this weird elaborate. <laughs> like music video sequence that doesn't go anywhere uh it is cool it's just that it doesn't go anywhere it does not go anywhere it does not pay off in any qualitative ways they don't even like use that music in the commercial or something it's just it just not it just stops well and i i kind of wish that they had used i think it would have worked better for me if they used the song at the end of the episode like in the in the end like sure the end credits because it's just like a generic now not no offense to the community background music is always really great but it's not, you know, anything to write home about the credits song in this one. Yeah. Sorry, Ludwig. They just, oh, the like, <laughs> it's just the same recycled music that's always, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, um, it, you don't hear it much on like Netflix or something, but on the DVDs, it's like the end of every like extended credit. Season six has it every time because mm. their post credit scenes don't even put credits over it. Like the little no, tags, yeah. they don't even have credits over it now. They just play the full credits over black. Now there's just like a short film at the end of every episode of Community, <laughs> uh, which is fine with me. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, you're right. They could have put a, that as a bed over something, but it just it doesn't really. Something. It's like it's like they forgot. I don't know. Uh, or or did I almost feel like they were trying to tell a half-ass joke about how you feel when you're listening to a song you like while you're drunk how mm-hmm. she like mm-hmm. sees herself all dreamily and then it cuts to her drunken, drunkenly awkwardly yeah. screaming the song yeah. but even then i felt like the idea the joke was like three fourths of the way there and if they just pushed it a little bit more it could have been a really nice little thing yeah it was not uh, i don't know it's not fully fleshed out i i agree nor is like the you know chang has kind of like a runoff thing filming a porn i don't know it doesn't it doesn't really yeah he was, now, uh, I, I like chang's thing in this one because it really is very tertiary chang does to where Dale. Yeah, <laughs> that whole thing at the end is really funny. The way that he tells Jeff he's going to do it, and Jeff is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Wait, what? That part's pretty funny. And, and although, though at the end when they're all watching the video and the dean is, like, shielding his eyes but looking underneath where he's shielding <laughs> his eyes is really funny. And you actually see Ken Jong's head on a video screen, like, kind of gyrating a little bit. And I don't know. It's silly and stupid, but... I, Abed's like, what lenses did you use? Yeah, <laughs> that's you very might funny. Be- I it's you might be I like these types of Chang bits in the in the last couple of seasons. Give him something get, let him get bit by a cat and mm. let him go do his thing for the episode and Ken will sell the hell out of it. So I didn't mind yeah. it too much. Absolutely. Right. There's a lot of a lot of good uh, uh moments for a lot of the characters. I guess it's an Annie episode if it's anybody's. Yeah. But it, it's really I don't know. This one for me is kind of like lives and dies on Jeff, Frankie and the Dean. Dean, um, yeah. I agree. You know, Jeff has and a lot of good specifically moments. Frankie in the in the Dean. Jeff mm-hmm. does have some good moments, but I don't feel like he's really the driving force in this too much, other than 
I don't know, being kind of a foil for Annie, but then Frankie is the ultimate foil for Annie in this one and does mm -hmm. a better job at it. Totally. Yeah, I think so. Zach and I give out like an MVP each episode on mm -hmm. our show, and I think this one's pretty, pretty clearly the Dean for me. I mean, Frankie's great in it too, but I, it's a, it's a Dean W. It's a me. great, it's a great Dean episode. Um, yeah, absolutes. Well, thank you, thank you both for for sharing your your thoughts on this one. Yeah, you're, this is not one you show up for the plot. You're like, there's a lot of good. Yeah. Gags. Oh no. It's kind of like a like a 30 rock in that way mm -hmm. where you're like sure. not invested in the events of 30 rock. I yeah. just think they say a lot of funny things. They do uh, lemon. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think the idea is funny and the performances and jokes are really, really strong. Honestly, if they just took out the Annie, maybe leaving thing of it and let it be kind of a low stakes 30 rock esque mm -hmm. episode, I would have liked it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. uh, but when they try to push it towards being this big, meaningful thing, uh, it doesn't work out too well. That's the thing they, you know, the the writer's room had that parlance of, uh, starting with Modern Warfare, they're like, okay, when we do these, like, conceptual ideas, like, what is the Jeff and Britta fucking of this episode? What is the emotional core? Yeah, what is the thing we're trying to, to push through? And sometimes that can be remarkably effective, like, you know, geothermal escapism or cooperative calligraphy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we do reach some kind of, like, very profound emotional stakes and makes all of this not feel like fluff but sometimes you get an episode where you're like actually this one would have worked better as fluff should have left it as fluff yeah <laughs> should have yeah. not tried to put those elements in there it's like when you're watching a good like yeah. indie film and then it mm -hmm. starts doing a bunch of movie stuff and you're like no did not need all the movies mm. this had a great you had a good thing going and then you yeah. felt like you had to be a movie all of a sudden and i did not it did not require that like the end of totoro that's not an indie film, but you're like, you know what? The girl going missing. Don't need it. Just kind of like the vibe. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like these little girls hanging out with this big, you know, bear. Totoro's stuff within reach. It's back there. It's fine. Totoro's out of reach. Ain't that just it his is? Wife. It is. Yeah, out of reach. Just like the idyllic childhood of the <laughs> Japanese world. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so thank you both for for joining. Why don't you take this time to uh, do your your pluggable pluggables and uh, let the good people know where they can find you and hear you. Yeah, you can't disappoint a podcast. You can pretty much find us anywhere you listen to your podcast unless you listen to like a really weird, obscured platform where we might not be there. But we're on some weird ones. So come find us wherever we do episodes every Monday. We're especially on the weird ones. Yeah, yeah we're, we're highly promoted on the weird ones. Uh, Kevin is wrapping up community. If you're still looking for weekly community content, we'll be pushing it out once they're done until we get through the series. And we're in seasons three and four, a really fun part of the show to be discussing. So come hang out with us if you feel like it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at You Can't Disappod, Instagram Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Facebook, YouTube. We're all over the place. If you want my address, send me a message. I'll, I'll give it to you. Hell yeah. Steven, I'll also anything? give you Zach's address, okay. phone number, <laughs> mother's maiden name, uh, and his first pet. So <laughs> You can get anything with that. Yeah. You sure can. That's fool. If you want to get into the website where I pay my car loan every month, you got it now. That's right. You can log into most bank security checks. So, Stephen, mm. any any plugs not already not already mentioned? Um, you can email us. Hey, <laughs> if if you if you really are mad at our opinions about you know this episode, or you just want to shoot the breeze, you can email us over at you can't. Disapp no, that's not even it. <laughs> over at can't disappoint podcast at gmail .com. Uh, so normally on our show, I do the social media and Zach does the email and we flip flop today. So I don't know anything. Nice. 
Love it. All right. And <laughs> come and find us. Yeah, go go find those two. It's come lovely. look for us. Walk around and yell our names. We might pop out. You, you never know. Uh, <laughs> you, you walk around enough places eventually. Uh, and maybe one Kevin Lanigan will end up coming back around one of these days in your post-community career to talk about one of these episodes. That's right. You never yeah. know. I always got I always got things to plug. So uh, it's it's good good to have other outlets to to plug things. Yes. Um, and whenever we're I done like with that. community, that we're gonna start doing other stuff. But I don't I don't know what that other stuff is yet. Same. Uh, not really not really putting those tracks down <laughs> just yet. Yeah, enjoy it. You're in such a fun part of the show. Exactly. It's, it's season six. Don't wish it away. One of my favorites. I've been wanting to talk about it basically since we started. So it's very nice to be here. We're taking it slow. We're doing it one episode at a time uh, as sort of our season six defense force. Um, <laughs> you know, tomorrow we're having a big round table about the episode that follows this one that deals with like queer issues in a really interesting lens. So we're having like a big queer round table, uh, big, big table of gays. Uh, and do you think that episode's well handled? Do you do you like what they do? I do. One? I think I've seen it in a while. I think it's fascinating. Uh, I think I think it's a completely unique perspective on a contemporary queer identity and how that can be leveraged to sort of remove your fundamental humanity. It's a, it's a very interesting episode that I'm very mm. very excited to talk about. Uh, but uh, thank you both once again for joining me. Thank and you. Thank you. This is the part where the music fades in. I'm sure you'll find about eight minutes in there that's usable. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.